Log Talk Radio. That's right. Welcome, everybody, to What's Brewing, a show where we can say whatever we want. A sports show where you can say whatever you want. How novel of a concept is that? But that's what we're here to do for you. We will give you that opportunity for the next two hours. Give us a call, 646-929-2192, or email us at whatsbrewingshow at AOL.com. The show starts now. You have wanted the best. You've wanted this to come back. You said Beetlejuice three times. And you got it. You got the best sports talk radio show here on Blog Talk Radio. The George Blue Show is back now, Lemony Fresh. Brewers, you just listening for the first time. We had a pretty good run uh, in our first incarnation and first uh, trip around the sun here. Uh, you know, life gets in the way. It's a sports talk show. But life gets in the way. Life's still going to get in the way. But, 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 but. This is a good spot for me to spew the bullshit that's in my brain about sports. It gives me a chance to talk to people about sports and have intelligent conversation about sports. You don't get that everywhere. Trying to get intelligent conversation in sports lately, it is like trying to figure out. Well, I'm not even going to get into that. I'm saying that show. Y'all don't want that. You want one show on this whole network to not be the politics and the political, political correctness that is all over this freaking place. So here's where we are. I am George Brew. I am the owner of this network. Men have ran this network for, what, six years, I guess? Five, six years. Sporadically, we've done stuff here and there. A couple of years ago, we tried reviving it. We're kind of like kissing that way. Yeah, wasn't really feeling it. Back then, to come back and have to work hard to do this, this puts puts work in. So we're here now. Everybody's got a podcast. We were there first. We were there long before that company that moved from Massachusetts to New York. We were doing podcasts before them. Before every Tom, Dick, and Harry in the wrestling business was doing podcasts, we were doing wrestling podcasts. We were talking wrestling. We were doing, before everybody had their own favorite baseball team one, favorite football team one, we were here. We were here. Now we're coming back. Sure. I listen to them. You listen to them. There's a lot of them. There's a ton of them out there. Give us a chance to. You may like something. 
Hell, before all the porn stars had their own podcast, we were helping you jerk off listening to a radio show. We're two fat guys talking to hot chicks. That was us. We were doing that first. We had fun. We'll have fun. We'll joke around. Phone calls are always appreciated. That number is 619-924-0842. We haven't done a show in so damn long. Bog Talk changed our phone number at least once a week. Maybe two. Hell, you never know. You may get, you know, emergency podcast done. I heard that one before. Who does that one? Oh, yeah, that guy. Everything's an emergency. Oh, everything's an emergency. Everything's got to be me, 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 me. This is you. This is for the fans. Not, we're so much bigger than you, we can get everybody we want. We were doing that already. You name it. Scotty Brocious. Matt Barnaby. Chad Curtis before he ran into some legal issues. Jack Curry. Joey Salvia. Don LaGreca. Bob. You name them. They were here. Why? Because we were the best. And we're going to be the best again. It's not that hard to be good at this. There's a lot of people who spend thousands of dollars in putting together podcasts so that they can take their mouse voice and make it sound like Howard Stearns. Come on, dude. You're a sports talk radio show. Don't take yourself so goddamn seriously. Seriously, don't take yourself seriously. Because nobody else does. Nobody else does. And this is where sports is going. To where the people that are involved think that they're all of a sudden bigger than they really are. They really do. There's a lot of stuff here. There's there here. You know, there's a lot of stuff here. And in time, we'll address a lot of it. That's that, 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 that's that's who we are here. That's who I am. I'm going to let you pull, the pan, pull my pants down in public. I'm going to sit there and call you out on your shit. And that's where we are now. We need a sports show that does not genuflect at the sight of a professional athlete. You can't have that. You can't have that. They need checks and balances in sports. You need somebody to say to LeBron James, shut up, you're annoying. Go away. You're annoying. Go away, you're drunk. You're annoying. Go away. You need that. 
the over-dramatization of free agency in the NBA is atrocious. It's a joke. Writers need something to write about. So let's do this. Let's go. No, how about this? Just let them happen. Let it happen. Everybody's got to be Scoops McGee. I got to have the scoop. I got to have the biggest scoop. I got to have the biggest scoop. No, no, don't. Stupid. Knock it off. You're in a dying business. It's an archaic business at this point. The newspaper gang. You should just be writing features. Because by the time somebody picks up your paper at 8 o'clock in the morning... The next day, they damn near seen the highlights. They done read every friggin' thing on Twitter. They've read the bullshit everywhere else. They've listened to four yapping hyenas on two different networks saying the same fucking thing. What's the difference between those two shows? They don't say anything different. They're all the same. The dynamic's the same. White guy argue black guy. Black guy argue back. With white. There ain't no friggin' intelligent conversation in sports. And when you find that, when you find that, you cherish it. You plant it in the soil and you let it grow. That's what you got to do. It's the George Roo Show. Now, Lemony Fresh here on Black Lives Checking in on the original Sinsider What's Brewing hotline, the man who has too many jobs to mention. But I will mention that he is a best-selling author in Italy, which is like having a girlfriend in Vancouver named Alberta Wright, guys. The one, the only, Jim Haig. Well, it's well, it's something to, here. great to hear that robot again, but the two, two jobs to mention, is uh, that's not true any longer. Yeah, but you find ways to have new jobs, though, Jim. I don't know. It's, I think the I think the uh, the walls are closing in, so to speak. The yeah, walls are closing in. Here. Hey, friend of the network, our best friend, uh, Jim Haig is joining us, and he uh, did write. He is a best-selling author from Italy. Um, That's correct. 
Where do we want to start, Jimmy? I'll give you a, I'll give you the. Oh, man. Well, that's how old that robot is. That old robot's old now. That's that yeah, big or something. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Jimmy, let, let's go here. Here's the four things that I think me and you could really go off on for a while. And then there's another okay. one that we just started talking about before. Uh, the men's tournament, baseball, and the stupidly big contracts that are going around. Yeah, um, the cr- the crying and pissing and moaning of some people about how the women's tournament doesn't get the same network uh, as ES- as the men's does, and NHL playoff races. Where do okay. we start today? It's up to you. You go right ahead. I-, I-, I would love to start with the bitching and moaning about the women's tournament, how it's only on ESPN or ESPN2, and there's four games on at the same time, and it's not across the ESPN family and networks like the men's tournament is. And well, before I let you go. Reason, major reason why that's the case, George, and you know what that is? Money. Money, 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 money. Money. Uh, there's, not, there's no uh, ratings that substantiate uh, the women's tournament being equal to the men's. It's not even close. I mean, the the men's tournament is a, now it is a $5 billion industry for CBS and TV, TNT and, and everybody that covers it. $5 billion. $5 billion. Okay? ESPN is lucky yeah. if they're going to draw, I don't know, $4 million. Or, if or Connecticut's cover. not playing, if you talk about playing, not, does anybody watch it? If are not in it, then nobody watches. Nobody watches. Right. So, so Connecticut's got, Connecticut's got a little bit of a draw. There's yeah, a little, a little bit. bit of a draw. Go ahead. What? Connecticut does have a little bit of a draw, and, and because they've been around, it's just like Tennessee had to draw. When Pat Summit was um, still on the sideline, yeah, but, but not as my much problem with Connecticut. Connecticut's like the Patriots; they always friggin' win. So everybody right. either wants to see them lose, or be like, "Oh fuck, they won again." Yep. But That's here's true. my problem with anybody who bitches and moans about women's sports not being equal to men's sports. The NWHL plays in practice rinks. The NHL plays in the garden. People pay money to see this. People get free tickets to see the other. Now, if you are this big proponent, because every four years doesn't seem like, whether it's Olympics or the Women's World Cup, why is the women's teams so disrespected? Because they don't sell tickets. They don't sell merchandise. They don't. There's no TV ratings there. Ah, but there is Thank women's you. World Cup soccer, though. There is. They sell tickets, and there are ratings for women's World Cup soccer. There is. But is it is it enough to sit there and say when they come? All right, here's a perfect example, Jimmy. The women's national team plays in Harrison. The men's national team plays at Giant Stadium. Yeah, but no, the women's the women's the women's team. The last time when we hosted the World Cup. The championship game was at the Rose Bowl, 
and had 104,000 no, people. Yeah, but it was 20 years ago, and that's the World Cup. I'm saying when they have, like, international friendlies, and they have their exhibition games uh, or whatever. Oh, well, no, they no put, international friendly. Even if the United States national team, men's team, right now, if they held a, uh, a friendly, I'd say against, uh, I don't know, one of the top teams from Europe, you think that's selling out Giants Stadium? No way. No way. Absolutely. Absolutely. No if, way. If, you played, if they played England, they're selling out. And it ain't because they're playing. It's kind of like why the Devils sell out when they play the Rangers. It ain't because the Devils. Um, well, that's a good point, too. The Tampa Bay Rays. I don't know, I don't know, what, I don't know what one has to do with the other, but that's okay. Go ahead. What I'm saying is... Women, 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 like when sports, the, women sports right now in this country... Just doesn't doesn't equate. I'm sorry. I don't want to sound sexist, but it it, it does not equate with uh, with men's sports, and 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 the equation has to do with ratings and revenue, and they don't. It just simply don't. It's it's not even it's not even close. So if you want to say, well, why doesn't uh, you know why doesn't the NCAA tournament women's tournament draw like the men's tournament does, it's because, A, not a lot, not as many people watch it, and, B, the big-time corporations don't want to invest money into it. So who should – is, is their role now on this whole everybody, women kick that they're on, it seems like, in the media? Yeah, they start investing money in it. There's no return on investment. There's very little return in, in their investment, and the, and let's face facts too, uh, the networks they can't charge as much uh, per thirty second ad that they do for the bigger like the bigger events like when, when it comes to women because they know they're not getting the bang for the buck. There's nobody watching. Nobody's watching. It is a shame. I mean, it's not like they're even the professional leagues for the women. It's not like these girls aren't working just as hard as the men. It's the way this country is. The WNBA is succeeding somewhat, and I think a lot of it is succeeding somewhat is because they've now realized that they can't compete with the NBA. So there, the WNBA season is held during the summertime when there's not a lot going on. And um, and there are enough little girls in the country that like the WNBA and say to their mother and father, you know, please take me to a Liberty game or take me to a L.A. Sparks game, and they say, yeah. So the NWA, but even and, with the Liberty, mind you, too, the, the WNBA team, the WNBA teams, eighty percent of them are owned by NBA clubs. And let's not forget this part. That Dolan it. got rid of the, the Liberty. Dolan just yeah, and the Nets last year. And didn't the owners for the Nets buy it? Yes, as a matter of fact, I think. I think one of the part owners of the Nets now owns the Liberty. So. Yeah, so, so the Nets have the Nets have the prior, the, the the primary owner is Prokhorov, but they got a whole bunch of minority owners. They must have about thirteen minority owners for the Nets. Yeah. Yeah, their minority one of their minority owners won it or bought it. Yeah, but I even they so. realized they couldn't. Even they realized they couldn't play the garden. 
They had to go um, move that team up to Westchester. Right. Except for, like, you know, when Tarazi and Bird are here. Right. <laughs> There's that UConn right. thing again, Jimmy. There it is. It keeps rearing itself in the head. <laughs> Everybody loves UConn. <laughs> Or or hates UConn. Either way you go. Except, except they want... of course. But that's besides the point. You just buck the trend on everything. No, I don't like. I don't. Really? I don't buck the trend on every. I I like Shashevsky. You know, I like Shashevsky. I like Duke. I just don't like. I don't. I don't like Gino Oriema. I think he's an he's an asshole. Yeah, I could definitely see that. Um, Sweet moving on to Shashevsky. Uh Duke plays tonight. Uh five oh yes, whatever, five fifteen. Well this whatever. afternoon. Five o'clock five o'clock afternoon. The second round. You had Saturday, you had single games on CBS, and then you went night games for everything else. Why not go full bore on Saturday afternoon? Because they gotta spread the I mean, wealth now. And and part of their contract is that every game has to be televised. Well, you can't televise them no. all on CBS. So, like for instance, last night there was, you know, they realized that their the college basketball doesn't get huge ratings. So if you notice, the the only CBS had afternoon games yesterday, and then when when nighttime happened, they were all on TBS and TNT. Yeah. They know that they don't get right. the NCAA tournament does not get huge ratings. It's not like college football. It does not. It gets. It does decent, but not huge. I mean, that's the reason why too. If you notice that, um, if you watch enough of these college basketball games, you'll see that they keep regurgitating the same nine commercials so over and over again. You keep getting the same one. If I hear the barbershop quartet from Geico again one more time, I'm going to. Throw my shoots with the TV. Maybe so you it was don't a really want me to play that. The first time I heard it, but you know, now it's you know, pass the ball, pass the ball. You know, enough. You know, Isn't it the problem with every Geico commercial though? Every Geico um, commercial gets no, played over funny. a month. Some of them are like funny, that. but most of them become. I can still never get enough. Uh, first of all, the pig going wee. I, 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 seriously, I still hear that and see that, and I crack up laughing. And then especially see, my problem with that one is I get tired of that one. Yeah, I can never get tired of it. Never, because he's going wee wee wee, and then she, the, the mother turns around and goes, "First of all, you're home. Yeah. Oh, sorry, Miss Gates. That's pretty funny." Um, but anyway, you were, uh, we, we were, that's the reason why, um, the, the, w, the, the women's basketball tournament will never be as popular as the men's yeah. because it just doesn't draw the same amount of viewers and doesn't have enough, the same amount of bang for the buck. It does not, it does not. Yeah. yeah. I, I, you're a hundred percent right with that too. Um, but we went through a conference tournament. Conference tournaments that had some of the worst officiating you've ever seen. Now you're in a, a which could have affected seating for some schools. Uh, 
not that I want to get into this Michigan, Michigan State thing because after the one lines, really you just get slotted wherever they want you and they want to, Correct. you know, at some Correct. point create storylines. Like in the first game in the tournament, Louisville played Minnesota. Correct. Correct. Anybody who did not think that was completely NCAA version of hmm, it's Richard Patino versus his dad's old team, but we don't pay attention to the stories there. Right. If Rick's still on the sideline of Louisville, that's not a 7-10 game. That's not a game. Or is it? Well, what's not, you said what's, what's not a game? Minnesota-Louisville? Louisville-Minnesota is not a game if Rick Pitino is still on that sideline. Uh, it doesn't happen. Yeah. It doesn't happen. They wouldn't no. put, they would put farther in some games. No way. No way. No, they would have figured out a way to get that in the Sweet 16, so they have another week. You have four full days to preview that game at nauseum. I'm Sleeper. telling you right now, there's no way in the world, unless they fit, unless they play each other in the final four, would you have seen Louisville against Minnesota? No way. If Patino, if Patino was still coaching at Louisville, no way in the world. None. You know the way it's going, Jimmy. They were sat there in that committee room to make sure that that wouldn't happen. The, the way it's going, who's making a – I mean, or somebody in – or either Oregon or UC Irvine's going to the Sweet 16. That's your year two, year 12, and 13. There's not a lot – there's a lot of chalk going on in this on this bracket. Um, yeah, there is this year. Yeah, there is. And I think – Are those teams that – Well, because, it's, because, the, because you know it and I know it that this tournament is represented by um, a 67-team field. And that is basically Duke versus everybody else. (laughs) That's what it is right now. Duke versus everybody else. I don't want to hear about Carolina. I don't want to hear about Virginia. I don't want to – and that they both of those teams beat Duke in a regular season and, uh, and Virginia Tech beat Duke and blah, 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 blah. No, no. Duke, Duke with Zion Williamson this year lost one game. That was against Gonzaga. That was Gonzaga. Third, third game of the season. Boom. That's it. Since then, they have not lost a single game with Zion Williamson uh, uh, healthy and, and playing. And I don't see you, him losing seen, again either. You've seen a lot more college basketball than I have. I mean, I've been watching for 30 years now, ever since Bobby went to Duke. Um, is he the best player in the last 10 years in college basketball that I can think of? Yeah. I, as a matter of fact, I, I, I said that. I said that to somebody when the, when the season began. I said that Zion Williamson is the best thing to happen to college basketball since Anthony Davis, and before that was Shaquille O'Neal. Seriously. And, and everybody laughed yeah. when I said that about Anthony Davis. I guess I, I wasn't too wrong with that now, am I? I said, I said to John Rothstein after I saw Anthony Davis play once, and I said, mm-hmm. John, that's Bill Russell. And he goes, get out of here. I said, I swear to God, that's Bill Russell. 
that you look at him and the way he blocks shots and the way he runs the floor and the way I mean he, even now he now he shoots the ball better than Bill Russell but he was Bill Russell and if he's he, now if he only develops a right hand what that if he if he only develops a right hand uh, oh Anthony <laughs> Davis no or uh, Bill Zion. No, Zion. Uh, Zion's got it right here. Zion's got both hands, baby. Zion's got it all. Zion, I, I tell you what, Zion has that neither, neither Anthony Davis nor Shaquille O'Neal has. And that's the ability to pass the ball. Oh, my God. Oh, oh he threw he yeah. threw that bounce pass on the run. Um, it was, I guess what was that the Carolina game or is that in the ACC championship game? It was one or the other. And he threw the bounce pass on the run, and I just went, oh, my God, did I just see that? Did I really see that? And I don't understand. Here's the kid. Gripe is about the kid. I have no idea. But he, 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 Francesca has it against that kid for some reason. And I don't know what Francesca is watching because he, he has no idea how talented this kid is. Not, no, oh, wait. I can tell you exactly what Francesca's problem with him is. His station doesn't have the Knicks. And he knows that when that kid gets drafted number one overall by the New York Knickerbockers, that he is never going to get him on that show. All right. Well, that's, that's reading. That's that's making it a four-pronged uh, step along the way. You're 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 actually hoping and praying or, or saying that the Knicks end up getting Zion, which uh, there oh, well, has been. There has been proof that the that the draft lottery can be fixed, um, as was proven when in 1985 when it was fixed uh, for the Knicks to get Patrick Ewing. No question, that was fixed. No, and anybody who says that it wasn't fixed doesn't understand what that meant to the NBA. That it was that was a generational move to save the NBA from destruction if they didn't have a viable franchise in New York. So yeah, you know what? It could very well happen again, but I knew, but the way that it was fixed the last time uh, can never happen yeah. again. Because guess what? Everybody said, "Look, that's how it was fixed." And if you see, if you watch the videotape of that draft lottery, you could see that every time that David Stern stuck his hand into that bin, all he had to do was push away the cold envelope and reach in and grab another one. And that's how I found out that that draft lottery was fixed, is that they took the Knicks draft, the, the envelope, and put it in a freezer. And then all night long, it was in the freezer. So when they put the envelopes in the in that bin to shake it up, that, that envelope was frozen. Yeah. No. That's how they did it. There's no question that draft lottery was fixed. As, as God is my witness, I know for fact. As a matter of fact, I know people who work for the NBA that have said that that draft lottery is fixed. So, to, can they do it again to fix the draft lottery so that the Knicks can get the number one pick? Be interesting. They have to like wait the well, ping pong ball. Well, they did do. I mean, if we'll you really look at it, they they have done it for Cleveland twice. There's why would they it. fix? 
Yeah, but they they fixed the draft lottery for Cleveland twice. Why would they LeBron fix it the second? I understand the first. I understand the first one. Why would they do it the second time? LeBron and Kyrie to help that organization out because Dan Gilbert's a good soldier. Oh no 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 no! That 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 they might have done it the first time uh, to keep LeBron in Cleveland. But there is no yeah. way in the world they did it the second time so they could have because they quote like Dan Gilbert. No, no, I don't think that. No. I think that was just luck of a draw. I mean, look how many times you look at Orlando in the '90s when they had the two top picks. Um, I don't put anything behind the NBA. It's more fixed than professional wrestling is. Everything in that league screams no parity, as we've witnessed with the way the playoffs go there. Oh, right. You know, it's a uh, foregone conclusion. It's right now it's Golden State. Right now. Oh, don't, you know, you don't, have, you, don't even, you don't even need to have the playoffs. Don't even bother to have the playoffs. Golden State's going to win the championship. Don't even need it. Don't even need to get the playoffs. But. If, if, if he doesn't resign, if Durant doesn't resign with the Warriors, then things change in a heartbeat with that, with that franchise. Yeah. Say no, it's a, it's a... they, win, they won without him. They can win. They continue to win without him again. Uh, they're also much older um, to not win with somebody like Durant. So, I don't think Durant goes back to Golden State after the end of this year, anyway. So. Boy, we were gone all over the map for the first five minutes. Hey, right? that's what we're here for. That, that, that's that's why people listen to this crap and not anybody else. Because we can right. wax poetic on a bunch of shit. We can cover everything. We co- we've covered everything from you know from the WNBA to Geico commercials to the NBA draft lottery being <laughs> fixed to uh, the Golden State Warriors. That's just, the, and professional wrestling being less fixed. The thing is that uh, no, there's the. Uh, the term non sequitur does not appro- does not uh, uh, does not relate to uh, what's brewing. As, no. Non sequitur doesn't doesn't relate because it's all over the place. No, never, never. Good that way. We it, it, look. I get tired of listening to sports talk radio. I I really do. I can't listen to as much as I like Carlin. I can't listen to that show. I can't listen to the sports pope anymore because he's so full of shit. It's not even funny. Yeah, well, you know, you know. What, yeah. If I got to hear one more time I, I about his fucking ass, I, I still have to. I still have to listen to him um, because I wait for when he makes a mistake and then doesn't live up to it. So that's you know, like the like the other day, he was insistent upon the fact that. A one seed never lost to a sixteen seed. He was he was screaming for two hours about a one seed. seed he must have been. You know what? You know what you mean. He wasn't working last year. It didn't happen. He wasn't there to watch oh, poetic about it when Virginia lost last that. year. I didn't realize that, but I can't believe one of his producers didn't you know whisper that in his ear. And say, you know, hey, Mike, guess what? You know, Maryland, Baltimore County beat Virginia last year. Oh, yeah. And then he could have come on mm-hmm. air and said, Mayor Culpa, I made a mistake. But no, 
Nope, nope. It kept going on and on. So that's why I listened. And there's a, there's a guy who's uh, got a, a, a website that's strictly based on Francesca screwing up, and it's called Funhouse. Have you seen this yet? Yes. All right. yes. And it's all of his. Is that he puts stuff that. up. He puts stuff up where Francesca makes a mistake, and then he goes, he's got to like say, "Uh-oh, Francesca made another mistake." Just like I, the, I the put mic. on Twitter. Steph Davis, of all people, who's a Duke graduate, okay? Steph Davis, mm-hmm. Duke graduate, the other day said about Bobby Hurley saying, and you know what? He, um, he played for his father in, in, in high school in Jersey City, and his father is, is a Jersey City cop. And I went, oh, my God, he just didn't say that, did he? Did he really just say that? <laughs> You know, like, and it wouldn't be like if he played, like, if it's like he was from Montana and he played for his father for like two years and his father was a nice basketball coach or whatever. His father is in, is, I mean, Bob Earl in the National Hall of the Nation of Hall of Fame. It's not like he's like he's some, you know, putz off the street. He's in the Hall of Fame. And then he says, and he, he says he was a Jersey City cop. Let me do your homework. I mean, that's like one of those stories that I don't. I think people that aren't even from here know. Yes, all across the country. You know. Hey, speaking of um, putsy crap that goes on in sports, problem with what Izzo did? None. For you? None. None. Zero. None. This is why we need Charles Barkley on these. It's a three-pronged thing with with Izzo. None. Okay. First of all, mm-hmm. he's had a problem with this Henry kid all year long, okay? Mm-hmm. Kid taking bad shots, kid, kid making stupid moves, kid showboating. If you know Izzo, he doesn't like showboaters, none, none whatsoever. That's why he's, you know. But um, the worst thing you could do if you play for Tom Izzo, and you know what that is? Mm-hmm. If you don't play defense. And yeah. and that's what Henry, after he met, he met, he took a stupid shot, uh, was upset that he missed the shot, and then what he did was stood there and commiserated that he not only took a stupid shot, but he like, oh, God, I can't believe I missed that shot. To which then Izzo is screaming at the top of his lungs, get back on D, get back on D, get back on D. And the kid is still back in the in backcourt. So it's that then, Izzo called timeout, walked across the floor, got out in the kid's face and said, you got to get back on defense. And it was pointing at him. It didn't touch him. It didn't touch him. If he touched him, I could say, well, maybe people got a point. But now in our society, are we that soft that a, high, that a college yes. basketball coach can't yes. yell at a kid? Yes, we are that soft yeah, well, that's, because that's, we've been that's, made that that's soft. Ridiculous. I, I, that's ridiculous. I don't like it either. Trust me, I am the last person that likes it. I, I, I honestly believe, and, and here's my problem, and me and you have had this conversation, and, and it starts with uh, the Charles Dickens of the NFL Writers Association. Ah! Our, our, good, our, our good friend, Manish Mehta. More not my good friend. <laughs> Everybody's good friend. No, he's not mine either. Well, the guy's a moron. Good, I swear to God, I don't know if he has a good friend, but God, continue. 
he is if for if you haven't seen what we're referencing here, he put out a tweet. Now mind you, he is the Jets beat writer for the New York Daily News. Who did like a purge of their best sports writers last year, right? Like that's that happened. Gary Myers isn't there anymore. He's like, one of the best football like, writers. No, in the like world. no other newspaper I've ever seen or heard of in my life. They cut their sports staff down from fifty-two to nine. They got rid of everybody, and who and who survived? Manish Mehta. How? Manish Mehta. No idea. Somebody what, likes whether him. Whether they know. had to keep their Indian quota, I have no idea. But I don't know how he survived, and everybody else was gone, including, like you said, Gary Myers and uh, uh, Bill Madden. Didn't did they eighty six like Bill Abondi and keep his son? Uh, yeah, they got rid. Of, they got rid of Phil, and they kept his son. Yes. I'm sure that conversation at the dinner table is interesting as hell. How's it going over there? Well, you don't work there anymore. Why do you care? Yeah. Yeah, well, um, Phil was on, was hanging on for dear life. And, um, mm. and then eventually they just said goodbye, you know. And, um, and quite honestly, um, the difference between Phil and Stefan is night and day. Phil's one of the hardest working um dedicated, old-school sports writers you'll ever know. And Stefan is one of these new breed of sports writers who think that everything should be handed to them on a silver platter, and they really don't have to work for what they do, and they just, you know, lurk around and scoop everybody out. And, and then, or better yet, if you work for the Daily News, you can make up crap. And, you know, they used to make up, Stefan doesn't make up as much crap as, you know, as, uh, as Manish Dickens. Manish Manish. Manish Dickens, that's his name, because he he writes fiction. All right, right, so let's actually reference the tweet that we've skirted around now. He put out a tweet last week that said, and I quote, the best quarterbacks in the American Football Conference Eastern Division going into next year. And he listed the four. It was right after the Dolphins traded Tannehill. So he okay. listed the Dolphins quarterback as four. Josh Allen was three. You don't have to watch one game of football to sit there and go, Tom Brady's number one in any division he plays in, probably the league, as much as you don't like him. Um, no, I think, he's, I think he's a great quarterback. Don't get me wrong. I think he's a great quarterback. I just – you, you, all these people that want to throw that GOAT title at him, um, I have to disagree with that. Is he in the top five in my lifetime? Yeah. But is he the greatest quarterback of all time? Hell no. Hell no. And in my mind, he's not even the best quarterback in the game right now. No, I don't even I think, think that. I think that I, title belongs to Danica, Danica, Danica Patrick's boyfriend. I think he's the best quarterback in the game. And then I think yeah, and then the Brady second. I think there's one thing with with Brady is and, and look, I'm in the he's the goat because he's in the goat conversation because he is for what he's done for an organization. Um, but I will go this way with it. 
the stuff physically, Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback in the league. Hands down, right. bar none. And it, Mr. Right. Danica Patrick is the best quarterback in the league. Right. He's played for an idiot for his entire career. Mike McCarthy's a dope. Which has made him even greater because he plays for a dope. Yeah, see, I don't know. I don't like dope. You can be. You can't be a dope if you bring home one of those big silver things. If you bring home one of those big silver things, you can't be too much of a dope. You know, can't. Yeah, but he. But you know what? They faced a dopey coach then too. I, I I still can't understand how Mike Tomlin still has a job. But that's uh, besides. That, okay. That's being a fan in the conference. He, he, I don't think Mike Tomlin's that great of a football coach. He's a better cheerleader than anything else. And Terry Bradshaw still catches crap for that, but he was telling the truth. Um, but to put Sam Darnold above Tom Brady, did the you watch the Jets last year? Did you watch the, the Jets, Jets last year? I mean, well, I like Darnold a, a lot. I think he's going to be the face of the Jets franchise for many, many years to come. Um, but you cannot put him ahead of Tom Brady. You can't. You, can't. I don't, uh, you, you know, you can't. You just can't. You can't. But, but somehow, and that, and Manish he Dickens found a way to. Yeah, well, then, then, then he, that should have been enough for him, uh, enough reason for him to lose his job forever and ever and ever. Because, because well, as we just said, you know, you, could, you consider Brady to be the greatest quarterback of all time. I'd say he's in the top five. Um, he certainly cannot shine the shoes of either John Unitas or Joe Montana. Can't shine their shoes. Cannot shine their shoes. Because but I'm also a Patriot fan, so I'm biased there. I, I, am, I, I am biased yeah, yeah. to the greatness of Tom Brady. I'm also, I'm also of the – I've not seen – I saw Montana a little bit, but I really didn't see the greatness of Montana. Because I was okay. like five, I never saw Johnny Unitas play. I never okay. saw. The only thing I know of Terry Bradshaw is his crazy uncle on television. Right. Crazy drunken uncle at sometimes in television. So, even with saying all that, in the well, way Terry that he's Bradshaw, constructed now, Terry Bradshaw was a good quarterback. He doesn't belong yeah. in the top ten quarterbacks of all time either. So, he was on a. But you know, be wrong. There's, there'll never be another team with as many Hall of Famers as the Pittsburgh Steelers were. I mean, you know, I think they're going to end up with probably, no. I don't know, 14, 15 people that are in the Hall of Fame. So, you know, but uh, he was good. As a matter of fact, he was very good. But I, I wouldn't put him in the top ten quarterbacks of all time. No, but, okay. but my thing with Brady, when you look at, like, what Brady's been able to do for 19 years now, in a league that promotes parity, promotes free agency the way it does, where, you know, shelf lives of good teams. You know, I always laugh when people start throwing out, oh, look what the Jacksonville Jaguars did last year. They put a last place schedule. You have to have staying power of more than a year for me to consider you to be a good team. Your Los Angeles Rams played the last place schedule last year Won that damn division. Oh, no, 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 not, not last year. They played the first place schedule. No, no, I'm saying two years ago. I'm sorry. Two years ago, two years played ago. a last place yeah. schedule. Two years ago, they did. They played, yes, yeah, right. All right, so you played the last place schedule two years ago. 
right? You win the division. Now you come back. Now you're playing a tougher schedule. You win. You play the AFC West. That put two teams in the playoff. All right, you got staying power now. Where a team like Jacksonville, oh, well, look at that. Carolina's done this for years. Suck, get better, suck, get better, suck, get better. Why? Because, well, when you go to last place, you play shit. And and you look at and the Jets seemingly play last place schedule every year and can't figure it out. There's nothing to do with the Patriots in the conference. The Patriots have played a first-place schedule for 20 fucking years now. Right. But but you also realize that there are two things, and I'm, I, there are two major reasons why the Patriots win every year. And one is Brady and the other one is Belichick, okay? Uh, there is no better coach in the sport right now. None, okay? He may – I won't I, – uh, everybody also wants to throw around that he's the greatest coach of all time. And I'm sorry, but the greatest coach in the history of professional football is – Vince Lombardi, and will always be Vince Lombardi because he took a mm-hmm. he took a franchise that was dead, dead, and won uh, seven championships in nine years. Well, you know what? That 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 that's pretty pretty impressive. Um, Belichick is a great coach. He may be even number two of all time. I don't know. I was you know I, I'm a big Tom Landry fan. I think he deserves all the credit in the world for being as successful as he was. But um, mm-hmm. Belichick is, 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 the, is the best. He may be the best coach in sports right now with the exception of maybe Greg Popovich. I think maybe Greg Popovich is a better coach in his sport than Belichick is in his sport. But they're compatible. Um, and I, I, I would have thrown Coach one. K in there. No, because Coach K, you know what? my Duke bias. Uh, no, I'm not going to say uh, you can't because you know why? How much coaching did it take from Coach K to get three of the top five prospects in the, in the entire country and then Canada to go to Duke? How much coaching was that involved? If you watch Duke at all this whole year, they, those guys don't yeah. even listen to him. They don't listen. They, Barry does not listen a single solitary thing to Coach K said. He does his own thing. Every single game. Every single game. But something has to be said for the fact. But something has to be said for the fact that he has figured out how to properly do the one and done. He's the only guy to win with him, win a national championship with him. Is that true? Yeah. Oh, Calipari! Yeah, Calipari won it. No, with yeah. the one and done. Did he win it with the one and done though? Yeah, Kentucky won one. Well, he won. No, he's done. Okay. So he's, so he's done. But Calipari invented the one and done. He's 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 where it all started, yeah. and then everybody else has now scrambled to do the same thing like he does. So, um, do uh, we get away from the one and done though? Oh. Calipari? Does no, college basketball? Go. No, does college basketball get away from the one and done? Yes, they will. Like, does the NBA force their hands? They're going to let the high school kids go back and play. 
They're going to let the high school kids. When the, the next CBA comes up, um, they're going to allow the they're going to allow high school kids to go back to the NBA. That's how they and that's how they that's how you you eliminate the one and done. Because right now, all college basketball is is a minor league for the for the NBA. And and you only you but. But think about it too, George. In in terms of uh, college college basketball players right now, that will go to the NBA and make an impact next year. Make an impact. Make a positive impact. You know how many I think there are? Very small there, there are three. There are three: Zion, Barrett, John Murray. Those are the three players that I think will go to the NBA next year and make major impacts. The rest, oh, they may fill in and be nice players, you know, but major impacts? No. No. And that's just the way the world right now. Just, you know, it's just, you know, that. so, so basically the whole one-and-done prospect is, wrong for the kids to think that way because like say for instance Cam Reddish the, the, and Trey Jones two kids that yeah. are on Duke that have already hinted that they are coming out and they're going to go to the NBA draft. neither one of them are ready to play in the NBA neither one right if you no. look at other kids I don't think so that, yeah. you agree with me then I do them? I still think that I still think Isaiah Whitehead should have stayed seen all one more year. If he did, he may be. If Isaiah Whitehead went back to seen all, there's a chance he'd still be in the NBA. Mm-hmm. There's a chance. You never know. But then again, then again, Delgado stayed, and he's not in the NBA. So, um, it, it, but see where it hurts a kid like Delgado. And it helped a kid like Whitehead is that if you get out first, and it, it, it's kind of like with college football. If Tebow came out the year after they won that national championship in 09 and doesn't go back to Florida, you're not picking them apart like they were doing. You know, now it's like, oh, here, here's Tim Tebow, blah, blah, blah. We got, you know, we'll figure out his flaws in the NFL because let's strike when you're in. I can't. I didn't say he could. I'm just I'm saying. Of anybody I've ever seen play the game. And so yeah. he, he was almost like that old stupid um, electric football game with the quarterback where you have to snap his arm back and then press the button to bring his arm forward so he could throw the ball. His, 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 his release point when he was throwing a football was atrocious. I knew he couldn't yeah. play the NFL. But he was, a, he was a novelty. Everybody loved him, but he just couldn't play. The bottom line was he couldn't play. Hey, you know, everybody wants to make a big thing about Colin Kaepernick. The bottom line is can't he play. deteriorated. He can't play. It has nothing to do with black or white. It's talent. It has to do with talent. That's not to do with yeah. everybody saying he's being blackballed. The boy can't play. You know, and, and even with that, What's even that? with Kaepernick, 
even with the Kaepernick thing, if you honestly look at the way the NFL is, and I am a strong believer in this, you may think I'm crazy. When your talent and your baggage don't outweigh each other, you ain't staying there for long. Um, Ray Rice is the perfect example of that. When the talent diminishes and your baggage is greater than your talent. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. I agree. Michael Vick went to prison and got another shot in the NFL. That's correct. For for something that was heinous. Adrian Peterson keeps getting chances in the NFL because the guy could still tote the rock. That's right. If Adrian Peterson sucked, like Ray Rice did that last full year he played before the TMZ video came out. Right. Which, by the way, way to go, NFL. You're really fucking good at these investigations. And then you wonder why Tom Brady was breaking his cell phone. (laughs) You know, what pictures of Giselle getting leaked or something. But you look at this whole thing, and it's like, the Tyree Kill thing. Kareem Hunt, he got another chance. He's going to get another chance because the guy can still talented. Right. Fucks up again, he's done. You fuck I up agree. again, you're out. I agree. You know, it, it, it is definitely the three strikes and you're out shit. You fuck up again, you are done. As we fully, as we fully well know with a guy who's now playing in the American Alliance of Football, um... But once he screwed up the third time, he was not getting back to the NFL. And and we don't want to mention any names, but he happened to go to the same high school that I did. Yeah. You know, and he had the world on his string at one point. Oh, my God. And you warned me. He was and you all, warned he me. He was all set to get. All set to get a five-year contract for forty-two million dollars from the Giants. He was. All set to get that contract, and what he did was he blew it up in smoke. That's all he wanted to. He wanted to smoke marijuana more than he wanted to play pro football. So, and and mind you, you, hey, you know he was with the right organization that was willing to take care of him. So I don't know if you mm-hmm. if you're aware of what John Mara did for Will Hill. Okay. But John, until we weren't naming names. Sales, <laughs> yeah, I'll mention his name now. Will Hill, yeah. pothead extraordinaire, jerk off. Do you ever want a know, really good I, read, I, though? I may be in the minority of saying that, but he's a, he's a jerk off in my Okay, but hey, look, if you ever want a really good read, though, I think it was every every day of Saturday or something, they chronicalized his tweets from when he was a Florida. Yes. Fantastic yep. read. Fantastic read. I would be a dumbass. Unbelievable amount. You know, I'm driving down the I'm driving down the highway. Got a blunt in my mouth and a white bitch in my lap. And now I'm having and the sun's blowing my hair around and it's just great. And then knock on the door at 6:30 in the morning. Oh yeah, I guess it's just another white bitch looking to get laid. <laughs> the chronicles of wonderful. The genius that is one Will Hill. Thank God I, I tell you, Patrick and, and Brandon to to be the faces of that school because it's a shame that 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 
disgusting human being was going to be the face of the, of, uh, of St. Peter's Prep. How, how about do you know the story? What, what got Will Hill the final final straw is that when no. he failed the drug test for the third time, he then went mm-hmm. to the NFL office and said, uh, "Mr. Hill, you have uh, you failed your drug test again. Um, this time it's for marijuana." And they said, and he said to the doctors at the NFL office, "How about that?" That man, he goes, he says, I didn't smoke it. That secondhand smoke, it was from somebody was in my car and was smoking it, and that's how I got it. And they, the doctor just looked at him dead straight in the eye and says, uh, Mr. Hill, uh, you cannot fail a drug test on secondhand smoke. It has to be directly ingested into your system. You had to do it. Thank you very much. Take care. And that's all the Giants needed to hear. Boom. They cut his ass off to the wind. Hey, but then he wasn't done. Speaking, he wasn't done. But then speaking the of dummies, that's what Josh Gordon tried using. That's what Josh Gordon Josh tried Gordon at one tried point. To say, Josh Gordon tried to say that his his was secondhand smoke. One of his, one of his, you know, the the one before this one where it got him off the Patriots. But like one of the ones, I think the one that netted him the full year. I think was um, that was his defense. Well, well fuck it. What is Cheech and Chong writing this shit for these guys? Like, how dumb? Yeah, really. Can that's you pretty. Be? Stu- that's that's pretty stupid. That's about as stupid as you get. You know. Well, Drew, Drew, in the case of Will Hill, he first got suspended for taking Adderall, and he said, "I didn't know that Adderall was a banned substance. I was told that it was." You know, it was it was going to be good for me to re uh, to recuperate from an ankle injury. Oh, okay, that's stimulants, yeah. stimulants like almost you know like let's you know like let's cure broken legs by doing cocaine. Yeah, basically that's basically what he was saying. And then the next well, Adderall, you know, Adderall the is time, the uh, drug of choice of passing piss tests for steroids. That's correct. That's what it is. Yes, it's, it's the uh, it's a good way of of trying to mask uh, the steroid. That's that's how uh, my new second baseman got caught. He didn't get yeah. caught with steroids in the system. He got caught with with Adderall in the system. Well, let me tell you, there is, and I spoke to a senior Yankee official back in my previous life of working up on Yankee Stadium. And that person, when it, that guy, that your new second baseman's contract was coming up, and we, I was saying, hey, so, you know, you resign him? He goes, not in a million years. I thought, okay. <laughs> cool. Make sure that doesn't make it on the what's brewing. Yeah. I knew he Yankees. wasn't resigning him years ago. Yeah, but the Yankees think that it's. They gave him a, a, a six-year, $80 million offer. That was a show-me offer, just like they should. They offered him eight, six years, $80 million, and then the Mariners came out with that ridiculous $100 million contract, and that was it. They got blown out of the water, and that was it. So he got greedy. So from what? Boris got greedy. Oh, he got greedy. Fact, I know from people that know Robinson Cano well that – um, Boris agreed to the the Mariners contract 
before he even had a, he even knew that the Yankees had offered him the eighty million dollar contract. He, he he agreed to it and wanted to like tell Boris, hey, guess what? I don't want that contract, and now I now know, don't want to go. And said, sorry, you're not going to make me look bad. I told them that you're gonna you're gonna sign. Yeah, I, I, I was always told that was a show me contract. That was, know, a so was a that was a legitimate offer. That was a legitimate offer. No, 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 I'm not saying Back but then, I'm now saying Trump change. Now it's Trump change, but they they the Yankees legitimately offered him six years, eighty million dollars. And when Seattle came out with the, whatever it was, ten years, hundred and twenty million or something like that. Some uh, that's when, uh, no. or was it 10 years, $240 million. I don't even remember. Um, I, I, think it was, I think it was, I think it was stupid. It was stupid. It was stupid money. money. Yeah, stupid, which is now it's even more. For, as, Robinson Cano's contract six years ago was stupid money. Now the contracts are even more stupid. They're just more stupid. Although, I'm, I'm a firm believer that Mike Trout's contract the one he just signed was a bargain yeah. for, the, for the Angels. A bargain. Because think, think about something Here's other my... Okay? Do you think, think about C.C. Uh, Sabathia's contract in retrospect now, the one he signed with the Yankees, the eight-year contract he signed with the Yankees? The Yankees yeah. got a, a great deal on that trade, on that contract. Yeah. Great deal. Yeah, they did. You, um, you look at what he produced. I, Go to Baseball Reference and look at what CC Sabathia did as a Yankee, oh, and those numbers to, will blow I, I you know. away. Blow you away. You blow know what? That's it, why it, people, I can, people say this year that if he after he retires, whether or not CC Sabathia is a Hall of Famer, and mm-hmm. I got news for you, he's more of a Hall of Famer than Andy Pettit is, and Andy and I love Andy Pettit, but in terms of Hall of Famer, CC Sabathia is a Hall of Famer compared to Andy Pettit. Yeah. You know, see, here's the way I look at this, right? I can almost, and I know it doesn't sound right, but I could almost justify Harper. I could almost do it. Mainly because when you start doing the math on the deal, okay, when you look at and here I'll even I'll even do the math for you so it, it makes my argument here stand up more. Last season, the Phillies averaged twenty seven thousand per game in the ballpark. Okay. The stadium holds forty three. Okay. So let's if we do this and their average ticket price was thirty seven dollars, right? Okay. So. If we go modestly, a modest number, that they average 8,000 more games, so they get to 35 at that number. That's 296K per game just in ticket sales. You multiply that by 81, that goes up to 23,976. Okay. You say that those – on average, thousand extra people that come into the ballpark spend a hundred bucks a piece. All right. 
right? So that's 800 extra grand a game there. You multiply that. Whatever. I'm, I'm really good with math today, let me tell you. Or typing, I'm actually pretty good. Right? So you take that. That's 64.8. Just in salt, shit sold at the ballpark. You paid for him this year. Yeah, pretty much. If you think that he's going to mean that much of a bump up in ticket sales, though. If you think that – if you think Bryce Harper well, is actually at the ballpark that he's going to increase your ticket sales by 8000 well, then, then yeah. Well, let's uh, – I mean, you look at this. Look at I personally just because don't, you could, I, 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 don't, I personally don't believe it either. Yeah. Right, but you look at um, the bump up the Yankees got between '03 and '04 for a Rod. Yeah, it, 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 there's statistical precedent set. Well. Does that does that hear um, the Yankees drew? In the case of A Rod, A Rod's first contract was well. They first of all they inherited that. That that wasn't his free agent contract. He, that's the contract yeah. that he he signed with Texas. Uh, but yes, he was worth that contract because of what he was able to produce year after year after year. Then when he opted out and resigned, that also wasn't a bad deal until he then got suspended, and then it was. Not a good deal because the last four years yeah. of that contract, other than other than the year he got suspended, he was he didn't he obviously didn't get paid. But um, yeah, after that, he really never lived up to lived up to the contract. No, but at time. that point, he was damn near forty. Yeah, but I mean, but you, in the case you, of you, the case, some of these some of these contracts are bargains now when you think of it, and I'm. You know, you can, how can you say for somebody who's $430 million is a bargain? I'm going to tell you, I think mm-hmm. by the time that contract runs out, I'm, people are going to look at it and say, boy, we got a bargain with Mike Trout. we got a bargain. Bargain. But he, my, the thing with him is, is he is the real deal. And every time I hear Mark DeShera, anybody who sits there and tells me how the great Mark DeShera deal was such a great move for the Yankees, I remind them of this one thing. The compensation that you gave away for Mark Teixeira was the draft draft pick that Mike Trout was drafted with. Ah, is that true? Just saying. Just saying. Yep, that's that's one hundred percent true. But uh, Jimmy, really, like if you really look at it, two thousand three Yankees average had three point four million come through the turnstiles. Two thousand four was the first year they hit four million. So for all you Yankee fans who sit there and bitch and moan and cry about it, guess what? Derek Jeter did never draw an extra ticket. Okay. They averaged three point seven the next the year. That, uh, there were a couple other things that played in that factor then um, as well, is that they became a dominant baseball team again, um, and everybody loves a winner, so that helped. And um, yeah, but then. But I could go back to this. I go back to 98, and they did not do it. 98, which was the greatest Yankee team probably ever, right? I mean, one right. of the greatest teams ever? Yep. They only drew like 3 million people. Okay. 98, they had they had less than 3 million people come through the turnstiles. 
They had less than three million in 1998. Yep. Wow. 2.95. Wow. 99, they hit 3.2. 2000, they hit 3. 2001, they hit 3. 2001, they hit 3.2. 2001, they hit 3.2. 2002, they hit 3.2. 2003, A-Rod's first year, 3.7. 05, 4.4 million, 4.2. And then we'll take out 07 and 08. Because that's when people were coming to the ballpark for the last time. Yep. 06, they broke ground on the new ballpark. 08 was obviously. Their attendance numbers suck now, though. <laughs> well, because it, I get that. You can't say that number, attendance numbers suck. But the, the reason they're, why. But they're taking out seats. Different. Let's not forget. Yeah, that. well, they, they, they have such a huge disparity between. Uh, how much they pay for the the tickets in in the lower bowl, as opposed yeah. to what they are in the upper two tiers, and and those yeah. you know like who could afford to go sit and pay eight hundred dollars a ticket to go see the Yankees play? Who in their right mind could afford that? Nobody can. I don't even no. know what Jennifer no, Lopez. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure A Rod's deal still gives him free tickets to Yankee Stadium. That's that's the other thing I, I was oh, laughing I was at. Go out and get the best of terms. I probably don't think he's got. Free, you know, he doesn't. He he had a suite for every game when he was playing the last couple of years. I, think, I don't think he yeah, has that. Yeah, but he's still he's still around them though. I know Hal Steinbrenner loves him. Or yeah, Hank, one of the two Steinbrenner. Yeah, I mean he's still part of the organization. Okay. In some weird thing. Um, all right, so let's oh, – Jesus Christ. But that's why – my only problem with the Trout deal is, is is Anaheim doing a new ballpark that we don't know about? No. <laughs> no, because they, they just redid the one they play in. They just totally redid that one about five years ago. They're not, they're not getting a new ballpark. But they're, they're they only put money a, to God. Yeah, you, you, you ready for this? How about this? How about this for, for an unknown stat? How about this? Okay. Artie Moreno. Artie Moreno, the owner of the Anaheim Angels, has more yeah. money than, yes, Jerry Jones. Jerry wow. Jones. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, <laughs> pretty is. Yeah. So, Artie Moreno can afford to give, you know, uh, Artie Moreno can give, afford to give uh, Mike Trout that kind of contract because you know why? It's chump change to him. Just like, just like the Ram, the, if the Rams, the only reason why the Rams right now wouldn't be able to, uh, or, or the, he, he, Lefty's going to have to become very creative with the salary cap, like the Patriots have been, and like Eddie DeBartolo was with the Forty ers because. Yeah. Dan Kroenke has got more money than God, so he can afford to pay Goff and Gurley and 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 Donald and all these people money because he's got more money than anybody. The only thing that's holding him back is that the NFL has got a salary cap. So if there was no such thing as a salary cap in the NFL, Dan Kroenke would be blowing people out of the water, throwing money left and right, just fuck, you know, like like Namakatsu would yeah. come back. You know, he right now he may still come back. 
because he's getting no contract offers from anybody else, and he may take the, the Rams, you know, offer. I think the Rams only offered him 1.5. So he may he may take that Ram offer and come back. You know, who knows? But, well, and um, this is the other thing I was going back to it with the NFL, though, with well, geez, this is how great we are. We can just jump around. Um, but uh, the thing with the Jacksonville Jaguars, when you – Seattle was the poster child for this. Seattle is absolutely the poster child for this, Jim. When you have your quarterback on a rookie deal. Right. You can do other things and you don't have to you worry can, about You can manipulate the fuck out of the cap. Yep. Yep. Right. But then you yep. look at, like, you look at teams that could have had a six, should have had a sustained run. Like when you start here, top five or here we go. Just pull, I just pulled up the quarterback contracts. Rogers is top. Matt Ryan second. Kirk Cousins was a stupid deal. Jimmy Garoppolo right. stupid number. Stafford. Matthew Stafford. Yeah. Matthew Stafford. He is Is insane, and he smells. He smells. Smells. Yeah. Right. Derek Carr. Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford makes more money than obviously Brady, but he Brady is to give his credit. He restructures his contract every year, so he's 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 a very very good teammate in that respect. He makes more money than Stafford makes more money than Brady. He also makes more money than Drew Brees. Correct. Right. Uh. Yeah. Right here you go. I'll give I'll give I'll give you the list. <laughs> Do you, want to, do you want to hear what quarterbacks are ahead of Tom Brady? <laughs> well, again, Brady again, I give Brady credit. I give Brady credit because he told Kraft, "Look, don't you don't have to pay me now. You can give me a deferred contract and pass it all down the down the line." He knows his wife got yeah. more money than he does, so it really doesn't matter. But. He's not the greedy bastard that needs to have that money all paid up in front. So I don't even know if and, I don't even know if Brady's in the top ten in in salaries. Nope. Right? What's he about? Nope. Eight Stafford's eight? five. Stafford's Staff- five. Uh, Stafford's six, making about seven, twenty-seven, eight, right? Um, this is going by guarantees. Uh, let's see, twenty-nine. Let's see if we can. Do this this way. Uh, the, the, the Stafford's cap value this year is twenty nine. Oh, oh. See, when it goes to cap value, and not salaries, oh. it's a big difference because, like, where Brady this year is like fifth because his his number is big on the salary cap, which is why the cap is crap. Um, but you, I mean. Here, Breeze is ahead of Brady. Andrew Luck's ahead of Brady. Alex Smith's ahead of Brady. Flacco, Nick Foles. Oh, my God. That's Russell true? Wilson. Yeah, no, no, here you Alex go. In total guarantee money. In no. total value and total guarantees on, on the money. Uh, Brady is uh, Rogers, Ryan, Cousins, Garoppolo, Stafford, Derek Carr, Drew Brees, Andrew Luck, Alex Smith, Flacco, Nick Foles, Russell Wilson, Ben Roethlisberger, Eli, Philip Rivers, 
Cam Newton, and then you get to Tom Brady. Wow. 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 And right behind Brady is and, – and here you go. Ready? And right behind Brady is – oh, yeah, that's on the average per year. So Brady's average per year is 20, 20 million right now. Right okay. behind him is Andy Dalton, suck ass, Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold. Now you're getting into <laughs> rookie contracts. Which this is the last year of, Go- of Goff's rookie contract is this year. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Ryan Tannehill. Here, the, the, the guys who are 2020 UFAs for quarterbacks, Jameis Winston, I don't think he gets another contract in the NFL. And if he's not getting oh, starter yeah, money. Yeah, he will. You know, he'll, he'll get, get starter contract. money? Oh, uh, he won't get starter yeah, money. Yeah, no, somebody will throw him. Somebody, if he goes out UFA, and somebody, somebody will take a chance on him. No question. Okay. So, Goff, Wentz, Mariota, Winston, Tannehill. Those five guys. You got to figure Goff's going to get – Twenty-five near Derek Carr money. <laughs> Deserves it. He'll get. Top will get twenty-five. Carson Wentz will get Russell Wilson type money. Yeah, Carson I Wentz still, will get. Carson Wentz will get good contract money, and especially now because they let they let uh, Foles walk, so um, he'll get good money. Mariota, Mariota, I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't know what. I don't know what Tennessee would do. All right, don't the know. thing with Tennessee, and what I don't know what they're going to do is because what if they can resurrect Ryan Tannehill? Mm, he's not that good. I didn't say he's, he's that good, but what if you can resurrect him? There's another guy who just signed a stupid big money contract. You got these owners. This is – it's almost why the Patriots have been so good for so long. Their owner's not in league. Right, because they were very – Except – Very smart. Very smart. And, 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 and the quarterback had to worry about – For 20 years, they never had to worry about going out and get a franchise quarterback. And it never was – it was never even a bought in their process. Look, they stumbled and, and into the other thing gamble and got Jerry and Jimmy Garoppolo, and, and then they, all of a sudden they said, guess what? We don't need him. Let's get rid of him. And the other thing with Brady is this isn't like a new phenomenon. Overpaying, overpaying with him. He's getting overpaid. Yeah. Go ahead. What? It, 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 and it's not even a new phenomenon, you know, even though Dak Prescott is like, well, Brady's got, you know, Giselle and whatever. Brady's been taking lower than market deals since 2002. If you, if you look up, like, Brady's contract history, he's helped them out with some of the um, restructuring he's done. At least three times, maybe four. At least. Three, yeah. I'm going to say at least three times. That's why um, Payton did it twice. That's why I'm surprised that Eli has not done it with the Giants. I'm, I'm just stunned because you know why? He can't follow his brother's his own brother's lead. And mind you, too. Well, his brother was... His brother didn't always help the team out. 
did it twice. He, he didn't always he, help them. He did he it once. Help. He did yeah, it one time in Indianapolis. He did it one time in, in, with Denver. He did it one time with Indianapolis and one time with Denver. He had his structure. His contract structured ridiculously low, so that he would only count like six million dollars against the cap. The, now, yeah, it took him long enough to realize guys, that. I mean, that's why Sam Bradford had to leave the, the Rams. It's because he said, you know. The Rams said to him, hey, look, you know, if you re- restructure your contract, we'll keep you. And he goes, no, I want my $17 here. million. So they said, well, guess right, what? Here, here, we can't you. here you go. Here, here's Tom Brady's contract history. Oh, August 28th of 2002, he signed a four-year, $29 million extension with the Patriots, which was below going rate for quarterbacks then. Uh, okay. May 8th of 2005, he restructured that, gave himself a four-year, $42.8 million contract with the Patriots. Still below going rate. So, uh, 2010, right before, right after he, uh, the year after he blew his knee on, came back from it, four-year, $72 million extension. 2012, right, so he restructured his... Three times he's restructured. No, wait, wait, hold on. It gets better. <laughs> That's three times. Uh, March 22nd of 2012, restructured his 2012 salary from $5.75 million to 950000 converted his roster bonus to a signing bonus, clearing $7.2 million in cap space for New England. 2013, yep. he signed a three-year, $27 million restructured extension. That's four. I think they fully guaranteed that deal. Uh, 2016 two-year, forty-one million dollar extension. Five. So, 2018 signed a two-year, thirty million dollar restructure with New England, which yeah. is gets him to his current deal, where his base salary is fourteen this year. It was fourteen this year. Um, yeah, but his cap hit keeps going up, and there's dead money on it, but. He's really helping him. Like he really does help him every fucking six year. Times, six times. Six times he's restructured his contract to help his team out. You know what? That that may be his legacy more than anything about being the GOAT and whatever. I mean, his legacy is that he, his unselfishness has helped that team out six times. Six. Yeah. Doesn't help that they're, when every time he does it, they're restructuring money. Well, they do it. They, you know what I mean? They do that because they don't want to throw up the red flag like they're fucking cheating. Like the like the like the yeah. what the Forty ers did, like when they were paying people, I don't know, a base salary of like say two hundred. Like the, the contract they gave Fred Fred Dean, right? Fred Dean when he went from mm-hmm. uh, the, the 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 Chargers to the Forty ers um, he signed a base con- base salary contract of I'm going to say at that time it was probably about a hundred and ten thousand dollars, and out of the blue, he made one point five million dollars in a bonus. But that one point five yeah. million dollars didn't count on the cap. Oh, hello. Yeah, some, you know, like you know, like like when you were a kid and you got a job in a grocery store. And the grocery, the grocery guy would pay you, all right, well, we're going to put you on the books for $20, and then we'll pay the other $80 because you know why? You don't have to worry about taxes. 
and I don't have to worry about claiming you as an, as an, an employee, and everybody everybody takes care. That's basically the same thing as they could do in the NFL. So you don't want to well, but, you don't want to make it look ridiculous that yeah. it raises you know throws up the white flag and say wait a minute is there something wrong going on here? But his unselfishness is uncalled. I mean, it's unheard of. That six you call you you read it to me six times. That man's restructured his contract just so the Patriots can go out and sign other players. You know what? That that may be his legacy more than any other thing. Because in today's day and age, who in God's name is that? Guy? I'm telling no, you, the no, one nobody that stands out right now. If the Giants pay Eli Manning twenty-six million dollars, that's that's on his contract next year, and he counts for that kind of number on the cap. And you know what? Shame on him. Because then every time he gets tacked, sacked and tackled from behind and say, well, because we couldn't, couldn't afford to sign another tackle. Okay? Mm-hmm. Or, better yet, they went out and signed Nate Solder, which was probably the worst contract in the history of that franchise. Wow. Mm-hmm. A nice man. Uh, you know what? Like great guy. Real, real great nice guy. Man. Great guy. He can. Uh, he is, he is not that good. He is not well, that good. That's one of those. That's one of those reasons. I, you know, I, I, I liken that. I liken New England this way to the Braves of the late nineties, when they started saying, ah, "Greg Maddox, eh, we're not going to resign him." Tomas right. Levine, eh, we're not going to sign him. Somebody should say, "Why aren't they signing him?" Why yeah. is it that the team that knows him the best doesn't? What the fuck? <laughs> um, I was just looking up Peyton Manning's deal here um, and his history of contracts. Um, Which one are you looking at, Peyton or Eli? Paid, no, Peyton. Peyton. Um, I think he's going to have three he signed the, He never helped them, though. He never helped them. Uh-uh. Never re-signed the deal. Never restructured a deal. He only did it with the Broncos. He did it once. He did oh. no. He did it twice with the Colts and once with the Broncos. He did it nope. three times. No, no, no. Those okay. were here. His he his his rookie contract was six years, um, forty six million. That expired. He went to he became a free agent for like a half a second. Um, they franchise tagged them. For some stupid reason, 2004, he signed a seven-year deal. He played that out. 2011, they signed him to a five-year deal. Uh, then they terminated the contract. What's that? At a discount. The five, that five-year well, that contract one, that he signed yeah. with the Colts, was, they signed him on a discount. He, what, was his, what was the base salary that he signed there? His, AP, his APY was $18 million. Eighteen million a year. This two thousand four deal was eighteen million. It would have been eighteen million a year. The two thousand four contract was fourteen a year because he signed for almost a hundred million dollars on that one. And he was what the hell? This website it's over to cap dot com. Um, two thousand three, he was twenty percent of their cap. Is that the website? Two thousand eight, he was six. 
What are you looking at? Overthecaps.com. Overthecaps.com? Yep. And then what do you do? Search the person's name? Yeah. You can pretty much look up anything. I I was going to look up Eli next uh, because you made me want to look it up. Um, There you go. Eli. You know, for Giant fans to be up in arms means that they listen to way too much sports talk radio. Am I wrong here? I mean, this thing is tremendous about all this. Giants uh, fans Um, are up in arms about what? Odell. Uh, Being up in well, arms about Odell value. means you don't under. You got two ones not, and a three. Not fair value for Odell Beckham. He did not. What's what? But what is fair value for him? Um. Considering all the top, bullshit top with ten him. First round, the top ten first round draft pick, and then. Um, a second round draft. Well, couldn't you call? And another, and then a, a third that? or a fifth. In year. He was he was worth three draft picks. Go ahead. What? Well, well, technically, he you did get three draft picks for him. No, they got Jabril Peppers. You technically, but he was a top. They, they took they took Jabril Peppers in thinking that he's going to become a player, and he's not. Because basically, he's you know he's a linebacker. In a in a, a defensive back's body, and he can't play defensive back. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there is, but you know, that's two first round picks for a guy. He was a first round. What? Uh, no, 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 no. Because he's already no, no, no. You can't say that because he's he's already proven to be. Yeah, yeah. Cleveland took him in the first round, but that doesn't make him a first rounder. He's already played in the league for three years, and he's proven he can't play. So, so you know, like, the only thing he does well, yeah. he's a very good punt returner. He's not even a good yeah. kick returner. He's a decent kick returner. He's a very good punt returner, but he can't play. He's not an every-down defensive back. So, he's, you can't say he's a first-rounder. Why? Just because simply Cleveland took him in the first round? Oh, you, you could go that way. I'm not. I, but no. You could. Um, That's the same thing I'm as taking having a first round draft pick, and you, you pick the guy, you pick your guy you wanted with Cleveland pick. That's a dip. That's a first round draft. You can't just say because yeah, you know. Hey, who was having the two first round picks? Where did they go? The wide receiver the Giants got last year on waivers. Um, Corey. Uh, Corey. Corey Coleman. Corey Coleman. Okay. Corey Coleman. Hey, you know what? First round draft pick. Sucks. Right? You know what? Here's the other thing with the Giants, though. Eli's only 12% of their cap this year. Still making too much money. I I, I think. Still making too much money. If they're I mean, smart. If, they, if he wants if to smart, be. If they're smart with the Giants, and, and I don't. Sometimes I don't know if they are. Um, I don't think they are. I don't think they are either. I I I think the worst thing that happened to that franchise was Gettleman taking – or it wasn't even Gettleman. It was the old man – the both fathers passing away. Um, but do you well, look worst, at it – The worst thing at, that happened to that franchise was is that Ernie, of course, he didn't want to work anymore full-time. 
That's the worst thing yeah. that hurts that, hurt, that franchise is that, you know, Ernie, of course, he retired, and they promoted Reese, and, um, and it's been downhill ever since. And then the stupid thing, the stupid, stupid, stupid thing is that they, they hit can uh, copper. And yeah. they they might say, oh, no, they yeah, they shit can them. But, yeah, they did. They shit can They shit can anybody, anybody who doesn't believe that they shit can them really needs to get a life and figure out what the fuck's going on with them. That's right. the worst well, firing ever. Coughlin, Coughlin should have realized something was up when uh, they went uh, they went over and above the uh, the call of duty and then lured McAdoo from Green Bay to become the Giants OC. And there's no question how that happened is that Mara said to him, guess what, you come here and be the OC, and when Coughlin's gone, you're going to be the head coach. No question that's how they, they, they lured him here. Because why in the world, if you're strictly going to be an OC, why would you leave the, the idea of having the best quarterback in the game that makes your job as, as easy as pie. So they they made the decision that there's their man that's going to be the new head coach of the Giants. So they went out and they lured him. They gave him. They paid him like they would pay a head coach. I think they gave. I think they gave um, McAdoo two million dollars to be an assistant coach, which was ridiculous. And uh, yeah. and I think they gave him like the the promise. When he leaves, you're going to be the head coach. So then they basically, at the end of that year, boom, Coughlin, you're done. We got our new head coach in place, and we all know how great of a head coach McAdoo was. You know, I, <laughs> thankful my wife didn't hear you just say that because she'd be screaming. Because um, he's terrible. He was terrible. And, and, and the oh other thing with him is. Oh, God. The. Other thing with him is, though, Jim, is this is where everybody talks about how the NFL recycles coaches, does this, does that, does this, does that. Recycle. Everybody gets recycled, right? He ain't been recycled yet. <laughs> he ain't got oh, a job Mac- yet. Greg Ciano. Mac- yeah, yeah. Greg Ciano's got a job. Yeah. Um, well, the Greg reason Ciano why McAdoo didn't get a job yet is Mac- the reason why McAdoo didn't have a job yet. It's because he was still getting paid uh, $3.5 million last year to be the head coach of the Giants. So, if you had a choice of, because let's say facts, nobody's going to hire him to be a head coach right away. He's got to go back to being an assistant someplace before he can become a head coach. So, if you had a choice of either getting paid $3.5 million to sit home and do nothing or get paid, say, $250,000 to be an assistant coach, like a running backs coach in I don't know Seattle. Which one are you taking? Do you, you still get paid one? the two point five? The three, do you still get paid the three point five million though? If you do, you get paid the three point five million if you take another job. The answer is no. Yeah. Oh, then forget that. No. Yeah, you're right. I mean, you look at like a guy like Rex got another job, even when he was still getting paid by the Jets. You know, um, Jano found the job. Uh, but the, uh, or 
we? Is it just because the enamoration of an assist, <coughs> of an assistant coach? Oh, look, they, they were great with Aaron Rodgers. Um, Dad, but for back. the last uh, last minute and ten seconds, I was uh, I was disconnected. Oh, sorry about that. Um, yeah, no, I don't know what happened. It just my my phone just went blank, and then there was, you weren't there. So I don't know what you were saying yeah. after we talked about Mac oh, no. getting paid, and then boom, done. Yeah, yeah. Well, what I was what I was saying was, do we just we look at teams and they, they fall in love with a with an, a coordinator, whether it's an OC, DC, Romeo Cornell, great defensive coordinator, terrible head coach, Charlie Weiss, great offensive coordinator, terrible head coach, Josh McDaniels. Great offense coordinator, terrible head coach. Matt Patricia, well on his way to being a terrible head coach. Yeah. <laughs> Look at all these guys, and it's like, at some point, let's stop going with well, the I got news for you. I got, I got news for you. Josh McDaniels will be the uh, will be the head coach of the New England Patriots when Belichick retires. Oh, Guaranteed. absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Why do you think he has a the only that? reason why he's saying – the only reason why he's staying there right now. The only reason because he would add another I, job. So. I, I I've been told the reason why he balked in the end from that Tennessee the Indianapolis job was the fact that no um, potential hiring had any clue of what the status of Andrew Luck was. That's correct. Nobody knew how healthy he was. Nobody. So nobody knew. So if you were looking at that deal at the end of the day, and you go, fuck, it didn't work out well in Denver. I may not get a second chance, and I know there's no going back there the third time. Probably because Mr. Kraft likes him, and so does Bill. Mm-hmm. And uh, as long as the quarterback's there, he loves Josh. Oh, Bill O'Brien, another guy, terrible head football coach. He's just been smart enough to surround himself with very good coordinators. Okay. It doesn't hurt having J.J. Watt. Yeah. Tool, tool bag. Um, another guy, he needs to learn that he needs to become self-aware, but we can get into that at another time. Um, no, well, we've, had, uh, we've, we've covered the full gamut here, brother, and it's almost been two hours. I know. So. I know, right? Two hours. Um, I still yeah. got another hour and fifteen minutes to yap about. You do okay. Well, keep yapping. Uh, all right. <laughs> um, but the, the enamoration of these guys, like it, it, McAdoo. I mean, I think you couldn't. You didn't. You didn't, you didn't line. Here's your first. Your first show back again, and you didn't line up uh, Mike Morial to be on the on the show with you today. No, I didn't. Get, I didn't want to bother Jigsy. It's too it's too early in the morning for him. You never know what game he's covering. Yeah, all right. And we didn't talk about hockey at all. We can. All right, give me, I, I, I'll give you fifth. We got fifteen minutes of hockey because now it's right. noon. I gotta. I gotta make another phone call. So all right. So here goes. Right. What do you want to talk about? Hockey? That's hockey talk. Um, I could go. I know. I know. I know you don't want to talk at all about how how your boy Lou Lamorello has been. If he doesn't win the Executive of the Year this year um, from the NHL, then they shouldn't even have that award anymore. 
It should never happen. I, I actually saw something. This is funny that you bring up um, Lou. There was a, a post today from Pro Hockey Talk breaking down. They had the power rankings of top five coaches in the National Hockey League. Barry Trotz, not on there. Hey, well, that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. <laughs> like, at what point does that list have no validity? That's where the list has no validity. And, and you're an extension. Hey, look, if you're an NBC entity, you're an, you're an extension of the fucking league. I'm sorry. You're an extension of the fucking league. Mm-hmm. Because well, you might as well be the fucking league's mouthpiece because you already are. Um, but you look at this whole thing. I got to remember. And, um, uh, hold on, let me pull this up. Let me give you the five guys that were on this list so we can both laugh at it together, Jim. Um, okay. See, and you know whoever, I'm not a big Trotz fan at all, but, but he's a great coach. Great coach. He's, he's a great. He's done a great job with that. He's done. He's done a phenomenal um, job. I think what I think to, to Trotz's credit, what he did early on, because he he knew that he was going to pick up the pieces that they didn't have Tavares anymore. I think he, one of the first couple of days, he saw that team skate, and he saw Matthew Basel's, uh um, potential of being that he could be a dominant player. And yeah. once Trot saw that, he said, you know, like he, he basically he saw Basel as being like an Ovechkin. And sure enough, I mean, I don't care what Basel's numbers are. I think you and I had this conversation earlier in the year. He, he is mm-hmm. absolutely brilliant. He is a brilliant player. And in my mind, he's one of the top five players in the league. Top five. Yes. So, um, and he Where does he does a little bit of everything. No, so, he has been. Uh, and I still think he should have been the number one overall pick in the draft last year. You, you know what? If, if in retrospect, if that would have happened, if they would have taken him instead of Nico, wow. Imagine imagine Basel playing with with uh, with uh, a healthy Hall and a healthy Palmieri. Oh my God! Is it a is there a, a, a thought with you that Taylor Hall is just sitting there going, eh, I don't really want to fight. What that? Eh, is there a chance that Taylor Hall maybe playing the eh, could probably play, but eh, fuck it. <laughs> Yeah. And and pushed off the surgery. Um, I can't find the post now. It was Trotz. Trotz wasn't in it. Rick Tockett was five. The fact that oh. that team is even remotely near the playoffs, Rick Tockett should be oh. one. Um, Bruce Cassidy, who has had a ton of guys hurt this year. I give, I give Bruce yeah. Cassidy all the credit. Yeah, they have. Yeah, they have. Um, who the fuck was the It was... Oh, the coach from the Lightning was one. Give me a fucking break. Well, they have the best roster in the NHL, but you, but you can't deny the fact 
they have a chance to win 70 games. Well, I mean, in the NHL, that's, a, that's ridiculous. Oh, no, no, they can't win 70 games, right? No, right? No, no, they can win 64 games if they went out. Right, what do they got? They got six, they got, they got 60 six wins already, left. don't they? No, they're 58 wins already. Oh, I got 58 wins. Okay. They're 50, yeah. And guy don't, 52 of them in regulation. Um, it's an amazing year. Me, me, yeah. Oh, no, they've been tremendous. And then when they'll lose to Boston in the <laughs> second round, it'll be funnier than hell. Um, uh, um, hey. <laughs> could happen. Seriously, they, that they, could happen. I mean, you look at it. The Islanders, nice story. Do I think that's going to happen? No, but I, but it could happen. Oh, and they could, I, they I could agree. also lose. They could lose to Washington in the, uh, like in the conference final. Conference final. They could yeah. lose to Washington. Well, look at it right now. Don't, don't, um, shit. Don't um, sleep on them now. But uh, the Montreal Canadiens are coming. So we're not going to have a postseason with torts. This is going to be disgraceful. Yeah, no torts. And our, no, no torts. Rangers. No. No Rangers. Uh, no Devils. Hey, how did I, speaking of the Devils? The thanks for bringing that. What's up. going on with the world? Oh God. No, the Islanders are. Washington probably still wins the division. Because of their Washington seven games left, Washington is now up by a point. And with of their seven games to go, five. Washington is ahead of the Islanders? Yep. 94, 90, oh, 94 wow. points for Washington, seven, 93 for the Islanders. Wow. Washington has that, I, and they're how, all tied. That's how much I didn't hey. even pay attention to the standings the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. All right. You ready for this one? All three teams. That are at the top of that are in the you know the, that are pretty much guaranteed into the playoffs right now in the um, metropolitan division. Yeah, all three teams are separated by one point. Wow. wow. All three so teams have thirty nine regulation wins. Wow. Yep. So it's Washington one, Islanders two, Pittsburgh three. The only difference is, is that Pittsburgh has six games left and Washington and the Islanders have a game in hand on them. Right. And, and right now, if the Penguins didn't piss away two games to the, to the fucking Flyers <laughs> recently, they've been first. By, they'd be up by three games if they don't piss those two games away. Well, in the way they did late. Um, how does John Hines still have a job? And if the answer is he works cheap, I, I don't tell me that. It just went because the, the guys got off. They, they went, went to the playoffs playoff last, last year because year. they ran they they rode a hot streak to start the season. I can give you every reason why they made the playoffs last year. It's what ten straight wins to start the season or something stupid like that. Yeah. Points in ten straight games. They saw a lot of backup goaltenders early. Taylor oh, okay. Hall, MVP season. All right. 
they kept the ginger. The ginger got hurt. He didn't have to play, which okay. helped him out because we he is not mentally strong and he has no soul. Okay. He still seemingly runs out Andy Green and Travis Ajak way too fucking much. Uh, well, now there's that, no reason for that guy to still. That, there's no reason that, for that guy. Now, to that, now definitely, Andy Green. Andy Green aged about. Five years in this year alone, and I think a lot of it has to do with playing. You, if you look at his his stat sheet, every game twenty four, twenty five, twenty four. You know he's not nineteen years old. He's thirty two, thirty three years old, and, he, and he's out. He's out there playing twenty five minutes. That's you know the recipe for disaster. Yeah, I, I, I you know they. He's, uh, wait, how old did you say he is? Andy Green? No, he's going to be 37. No, he's going to be 37. He's four months younger than I am, and I'm going to be 37 in June. He's he's 37 in October. Well, he can't be playing 25 minutes a game. He can't. He can't. The only saving grace is that he's got one more year left on this fucking contract. And the fact that they signed him to a five-year, $25 million deal at that 32. That was an unbelievable contract. That was an unbelievable contract, especially for the Devils, too, who are penny pitchers left and right. That was an unbelievable contract on this contract. That one and the one that they, the one that they signed to, to your boy, Zajac, who I know you don't like, um, and no. they gave him way, way, way. No. That was another <laughs> terrible deal. What's he getting? Like, what was he like? Six, four, six years, forty-two. What's um, that? something like that. Let's see. Uh, let's see. Teams. Teams. This is the greatest thing about the internet. I can look up anybody's salary in the NHL. Hey, did you know that players in the NHL on the road do not get free tickets? Yeah, no, they get none, zero. Travis Zajac has two seasons left on this crappy deal that he signed. Good for him, by the way. Good for him. Crappy deal was what? Six years, 42 when he signed? Eight years, 46. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. And that was signed before 2013. It was an extension done during the 13 season. Right, based off – all right, so he had a four-year, $15 million deal signed in in '09. So that's coming off that deal. That's coming off the summer that they lost Kovalchuk, they lost Parise, and Lou says, oh, we got to keep him. Good job, dickhead. Five points. Yeah, man. And then you have the albatross of the New Jersey Devil, the worst contract signed in franchise history. No, 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 don't go there. Yes, 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 yes. That fucking ginger who signed you a seven-year, forty-two million. That's just your hate for ginger, Seth. No, he's a no. It's not because I hate gingers. I like gingers. There are some gingers. No, you you don't like the Irish last year. Love ginger snaps. Blows. And you're stuck with him until 2022. 
unless you can he doesn't blow somehow buy him out. He doesn't blow. He blows. He doesn't blow. You think this guy? He is like literally. He backed up a Brinks truck and he's robbed the devil's mind. Um, he signed a three-year, twelve million dollar deal with Vancouver, and they traded him. Do you want to go back and and say and we and you and I have had this conversation before? Do you want to go back and and think about what the worst contract was in the history of the Devils? You want to go back and re, and reconsider that? Well, we've had the the, the, the Kovalchuk, Jesus Christ, but that's only because he's God. That, but he fucked that con- that That's contract not, wasn't was a bad deal because. But that wasn't oh, a bad God, deal because they signed it. They, he fucked that, them. Big time. But not only that, that, that contract string, and I think I've said it to you, and I've said it to a lot of other people, and a lot of them agree with me too, that contract strangled everybody. And I'm going to, you want to go how far, how far that goes up, that contract? That fine contract not only cost Lamorello his job, it cost Van de Beek his franchise. It cost him his whole franchise that contract. And I mind he you, was too, the one that pushed it cost. It cost he pushed for him, takers. What? He pushed for that deal. He made Lou make the trade. Because the, the trade. He was doing Kovacek? whatever he. I think the, the trade devil's trade for Kovalchuk. The trade to get Kovalchuk was a genius. It was an absolute genius. Was it, was it Lou move? It was an absolute Lou move. Yeah, well, well, because what did they give up? Johnny Gaduya. That's, that's the only guy, you know, that, that I can't even pronounce his name. Uh, Affirmative act. Yeah, that's it. They gave up yeah. nothing. And then Kovalchuk. And mind you, Kovalchuk had three years with the Devils. Oh, no, basically, no, we, yeah. we, you and I have had this oh, conversation. We, I went out to look it three up. Three or four years. He got a year and a half. No, basically, it was longer a year and a half. Years. Yeah. No, that he was no, really he's good there in ten. Oh yeah, well, yeah. He also made it to the Stanley Cup final. Right. He made the finals. But when All he right, was Jim. really good, he was only there. He was really good for about a year and a half. That's it. Yes, sir. All right, there, pal. All right. Have a great one. Ex- this was a lot of fun. Congratulations on coming back. Uh, it was well. It was long, long time overdue. I'm glad you're doing it. Yes. If you need my help for anything, feel free. Obviously, you can always call me. All right. And I hope, I hope other people. I hope other people are listening today, and I hope that this was the, the you know, the catapult to you know to bigger and better things down the road. Well, I mean, I do like my current job, so you know, I, I don't think I'm leaving. Yeah, that I, for understand this. That. <laughs> I understand that. I understand that. George, a pleasure talking to you. You take care of yourself and uh, and Jimmy, keep in touch. Best. You're the best. All right, bye bye. All right. This is Jim Haig, brought to you by um, our friends at wherever newspaper Jimmy writes for. Long segment. Breathe. We'll be back. Right after. Let's figure it out. What are we going to do here? Figure We shall be back here on the George Bruce Show.
on the What's Brewing in Sports. Hurry, this is Paul Vinny from the Right Field Bleacher Crew, which is a Yankee stadium, and all real Yankee fans know you get the authentic apparel at baldvinny.com. Right Field Bleachers, anti-Boston, all the real stuff, all the hardcore fans wear, only shopballvinny.com. Hello, hockey fans. This is Paul Stewart, former NHL referee, ambassador for Hockey Fights Cancer, asking you to get in the fight. Dial 1-800-540-6500 or log on to HockeyFightsCancer.com. Make a donation and become part of our team. Get in the fight. Hey, college basketball fans. This is Brian Phelps from the Piper Athletic Fund at Seton Hall. If you're a Seton Hall basketball fan or just a college basketball fan living in New Jersey, the memories of the 1989 Seton Hall basketball team will forever live in your memory. You can get a copy of the brand new DVD, Band of Pirates, out now. Visit shupirates.com to order your copy today. Hi, this is Jennifer Corbin. Check me out at www.jennifercorbin.com. Hey, this is Beverly from Rock Love Bus, and you're listening to the only sports show that I listen to, What's Brewing. You see how long this show's been going on? When we started, Rock of Love Bus was relevant. <laughs> I think I get working on that. Um, the story that's dominated the world lately is this um, college scandal that implicates, you know, Felicity Hoffman and Aunt Becky um, from Full House. And I'm here to tell you, y'all are up outraged now. That just shows to me that you don't pay the fuck attention. It really does. You really haven't paid attention to this whole story. Um, The the biggest problem that comes out of this scenario and what you're not actually seeing is that um, this has been going on for years in college. Has been going on for years. Whether it be in, um, whether it be on in football teams, on anything, if you got, you know, and you start saying, "Oh, the college admission schemes hurt the kids the most." Um. It really doesn't. You think that Elaine from Seinfeld, Julie Louis Dreyfus, got her kid onto the team because of who? It hurts, especially with when it comes down to 
teams just want it. Te- coaches want celebrity kids, especially if they're walk-ons. They can't get into school for the right reason. That could happen. Charlie Hall. Julie Louis-Dreyfus and Brad Hall's son. He was a freshman walk-on at Northwestern. Bet you he didn't earn that spot. Justin Combs played in seven games in three years. Snoop's kid. John Bon Jovi's son was a defensive back. At Notre Dame. You don't think did that happen? John Mellencamp's kid. When you look at it, this has been going on for years. You've just been too naive to realize it. It was a great story in the NCAA tournament a couple years ago. When Elaine's there at the game and she's doing the dance and all that crap. But the whole the whole thing is it's it's not it, it's the norm, it's the norm for celebrities. John Bon Jovi's kid couldn't didn't deserve to wear a Notre Dame helmet unless he paid for it, and his dad paid for it. Kids, his dad paid for the tuition there. His dad was friends with Charlie Weiss from his days with the Giants. Everybody knows that. Hell, watch any Patriots documentary. Bon Jovi's on the practice field, standing there next to old good cousin Robert Kraft. Go back ten years. He's in the football life about Belichick asking Belichick and Kraft about Rex Ryan. Hey, what do you think of this Ryan character down there in New York? <laughs> Big old Giant fan, Giant season ticket holder, homeboys at every Patriot game. So don't automatically think that this is a, 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 don't live in a vacuum on that story. Please, dear God, don't. Because it's the norm, not the exception when it comes to college athletics. Happens all the time. I mean, Diddy's kid got a damn scholarship offer. Kid sucked. UCLA just wanted Diddy's kid. Then Diddy's kid went after a trainer with a fucking kettlebell. Don't tell me. Don't tell me that you are naive enough to believe that this is a one-off situation. College athletics in this country is a cesspool. 
I don't think any coach does it clean. How could you? You heard that. Me and Jim Hague were talking about that. In the first hour of the show, go back and rate, subscribe, download on iTunes. Let's just search What's Brewing. You go back to listen to the first inclination of the show. There's a, Some of those there are great. Some suck. Some are good. Most are good. Some really suck. We had boots on the ground the night that Joe Paterno was fired. We were the only show there. We were there. Hang my hat on that one. We had great reporting that night. But please, please, please don't tell me how you think that Aunt Becky, Felicity Hoffman, only wants to do this. There's rub and tug places all over this world, in this country. Don't act like Bob Kraft is the first billionaire to go to one. I'll tell you you're wrong. I will tell you that you are wrong. Because if there's not a call for it, there's not a profession. There's no need for it. There's a reason why prostitution is considered the oldest profession in the world. Because there's always somebody willing to pay for it. Whether you go the legal route and get married, or you go the illegal route and do it prostitution-wise. Somebody's always paying for sex. Hell, the porn industry is the biggest industry in the world. And people are getting paid to have sex. Okay? So don't think think that Bob Kraft's it. Kraft's going to wind up getting away with this. He will. Six one nine nine two four zero eight four two is your number to call in. Keep this in mind. The next time you're up in arms and you fake your outrage about some shit, we'll go back. Go back to that women's tournament. You know there's going to be complaints about it. Oh, they're taking Connecticut's game off to put on a better game. Oh, fucking, who the fuck wants to watch a shitty fucking basketball game? The women's tournament needs buys. It needs buys. Take your four top four teams and give them a buy to the Sweet 16. There's no upsets in that. In that. There's none. Connecticut steamrolls teams in this tournament. And then when they get to the point where, oh, they're going to win, no, they get steamrolled. They, they lose. Why? Because they're at a terrible conference now in the AAC. They were a victim of the late 2000s, early 2010s with the Everybody's got to go. We're, search, we're scrambling for that football money. 
We're scrambling for a piece of the football money. They all did it. All these coaches and conferences and athletic directors did it. All wanted their piece of the pie. They all wanted it. Rutgers in the Big Ten, they wanted their piece of the pie. The Big Ten wanted to come into the New York marketplace to get the Big Ten network on New York cable channels. Great for a Penn State fan like I am. I get to watch Penn State hockey. I get to watch Penn State volleyball. You get to support the school. You get to support the teams. You get to watch the game. It's gotten to the point where the AC, the Big Ten on a Saturday in January has hockey and basketball at the world's most famous arena. Big Ten Super Saturday. It's the perfect Saturday. NHL All-Star Games the same weekend. Garden's empty. You got an empty garden. You got no other sports on. Let's take the teams there. Let's take the teams to the garden. Let's have all the basketball teams play a game at the garden. That contract's going to run because they want all the basketball teams to play at the garden. There's seven teams in the Big Ten hockey. One of which is Notre Dame. Notre Dame's not giving up a home game for this. It's just like the Rangers and Knicks. The Rangers can never host the stadium series. Can never host the Winter Classic. Not because the league doesn't want them to. The league wants them to. The league wants them to host the Winter Classic at, at Yankee Stadium. They want them to host the game at the Giant Stadium. They want it at, no, the, Buff, the Buffalo Sabres had to be the home team in Queens at Shitty Field because the Rangers can't give up the home game because their lease with the city says that they can't. That's a fact. We talked before about Jim Dolan finally selling the Liberty. Not because he doesn't want the Liberty in the building. Not because he doesn't want to own the Liberty. He did that for a reason, kids. The reason why he sold the Liberty and wanted them out of Madison Square Garden was because he makes more money with Billy Joel with whatever concert he puts in. For the longest time, the WWE's home base in New York was Madison Square Garden. Not there anymore. And it's not there because it costs too much. And the Barclays Center, who needs stuff, who needs dates, especially when they lose the Islanders, needs them, has bent over backwards for the WWE. In the same way that James Dolan won't. James Dolan's not a wrestler. James Dolan's a musician. He's Richie Rich. Here is a guy who cannot, couldn't make it, 
But damn, he gets Billy Joe there once a month and gets to sit in for sound checking, being on the drums. You don't think that that's why that Billy Joel thing is so much more impressive? And it's great. Billy Joel loves it. Hell, the guy makes $2 million a month to play at home. Oh, my God. Let's let's feel bad for Billy Joel. And he'll play it until he stops selling out. And kids... He's almost at 69 shows in this run. The man's played over 100 shows at Madison Square Garden. And we go every month. We go because we don't want this to, this ride to end with Billy Joel. As Patriot fans, we don't want the ride to end with Tom Brady. It's going to someday. We don't want the ride with Bill Belichick to end. We don't want the ride with Coach K to end. We don't want the we don't want the ride to end with with Pat Summit. Because we love Pat Summit. Love her. She's what's right with college sports. She was what was right with college sports. You go back forty, fifty years ago. There was one or two teams playing women's college basketball. Hell, you go back to the early 80s, women's college softball was slow pitch. It was beer league. It was beer league softball. And they said, well, this is getting too fucking easy. let's, Let's make them throw hard. Let's give them the opportunity to play. We're pumped as hell. Frequent guest of this network, who's become a very good personal friend. Kat Osterman came out of retirement because she wants to play in the Olympics again. Has earned that right to make that Olympic team. Worked her ass off to make that Olympic team. Got herself ready to go. Retired. Came back. Wants to play in the Olympics. And she's going to get that chance. In Japan. To right the wrong of that team in 08. Losing to Japan. Earning the silver medal. You don't win a silver medal. It's the only thing that... It's the only medal that you don't win. You don't win a silver medal. You lose the silver medal. In my opinion, I firmly believe teams should have to win two games to get bronze. Why should you win the bronze medal after you lose? Why should that happen? Why should it be that way? Why? Because it's the way it goes. Let's buck that trend. Hey, you lose the championship, you should win second place. Let's do that. Let's do that in sports. Lose the 
silver medal. Let's win the silver medal. Let's lose for bronze. It's third place. It's like kissing your sister anyway. Nobody really wants to do it. Make you earn that. Because you earn you earn silver you earn bronze. Alright, you're upset, you lost, whatever. But you go back and win a game. But when you look at the way the women's tournament is in college basketball. Right? When you look at that. When you look at that and you see the games are spread out on ESPN. And yes, ESPN's trying to push its digital platform. Let's not let's call it spade a spade. They're trying to push it. It's why they most of their UFC cards are on ESPN Plus. Because they want you to pay four ninety nine a month for it. And if you only watch it for UFC, but if you use that system right, there's a lot of hockey on there. Probably going to be baseball on there. Because, let's not forget, Disney did buy Major League Baseball AM. BAM, as it's called. Which owns the rights to the NHL which owns the rights to uh, streaming of baseball. You probably didn't realize that it is the platform for the WWE Network. Most people don't realize that. Why do you think the WWE is starting to go into baseball stadiums for stuff? And it was a brilliant move by Vince McMahon. Absolutely brilliant move by him. Because now he controls the distribution. He alone sets the price. Why spend why have people pay sixty bucks and you only get ten of it for a pay per view? And the cable operator gets the rest, and then offsets their balance sheet. Seventy-five bucks for a UFC fight, which we know people do. We know there's other ways to get it. They're illegal, so we're not going to tell you that on here how to do it. But you know, I'm sure you can figure out how to do it. You do that. I mean, that's the whole thing there. It is there. It's there. There's ways to do it. You can do it if you want. Get more into baseball next week. Really well. I mean, it's, it's, it's a week away. Actually, it starts Thursday. Baseball in March. Not a good idea. 
Back with more of the George Bruce Show on the What's Burn Sports Radio Network. Have you noticed the new hockey lace necklaces everyone's been wearing lately? They're Swannies, the hockey player's necklace. Custom design one today with your team's colors. You can find Swannies in over 90 stores in 22 states or order online today at swanniesnecklaces.com. Online orders ship within two business days and shipping is only a couple of bucks. Coming this July, Swannies will be available in pure hockey stores across the country. Check out their ad in the April edition of the New England Hockey Journal. Don't play shorthanded this play off run get your swanies hockey lace necklace today hi this is Trini kuznarek and you're listening to what's brewing all right back on the what's brewing show we touched briefly on this with jimmy Haig. um but you look at a team like the new jersey devils okay the fourth mark team in a four-team market Okay, you, you encompass the New York market. You encompass Philly with them. They're fourth. It goes Rangers, Flyers, Islanders, Devils. The whole wink, the whole thing with Taylor Hall was maybe, uh, maybe I'm not, maybe I'm not. Um, at some point. I question that. Yeah, you need surgery. And he's a little bummy. I'm at a doctor. I didn't see. I don't know what's going on with him. So, you know, hey, you listen to skipping mumbles and screaming A and that other whiny guy that's on that four-letter bastard network out of Bristol, Connecticut. Yeah, they give opinions, so I'll give them mine. If you are the New Jersey Devils and you have an all-world talent in Taylor Hall who's coming up very recent, very nearly for a contract, Taylor Hall is a UFA in the summer of 2020. Kids, next year's it. Next year's it. If the Devils do not figure this out, and and I don't just mean on the ice. I mean in general. If they don't figure this out, you're going to lose him. You are going to lose him to free agency. And everybody that bought a Taylor Hall jersey is going to be butthurt. Because this is what Devil fans do. They are the greatest group of butthurt individuals as fans you have ever seen in your life. Greatest group of them. It's everybody else's fault. Everybody else. He didn't want to play here anymore, so we're going to boo him. He 
Devil fans, think of what happened on the island a couple weeks ago when John Tavares came back. And you booed the pants off the guy. And people were throwing plastic snakes on the ice in his direction. Okay, of that. Think of that scenario playing out on the corner of Edison and Mulberry in downtown Newark. Okay, think of that scenario playing out. You've done it to Kovalchuk, and rightfully so. That's the one time I will sit there and say, fans got it right. Fans were right to be butthurt by this. That guy screwed you. He didn't want that deal in the first place. He was content with that stupidly long contract he had. And then he found out that Mother Russia was hosting the Olympics. He wanted nothing more to be captain of that team. He wanted to bring satisfaction and joy and an Olympic gold medal back to Mother Russia. Can you really blame him on that? Those guys play for the Olympics. I've heard Henrik Lundqvist say that. means more to the Europeans because they don't have the professional sports leagues like we have here. Kids from Canada wants to play in the NHL, wants to win the Stanley Cup. Becomes a professional, quickly learns it's a business. Very quickly learns it's a business. Okay. Yeah. I had a player once say to me, $5 million in a cup or $10 million in the bank? $5 million in a cup sounds a whole lot nicer if you're a fan. To a professional athlete, $10 million feels really good. And that's what those guys play for. Play because it's money. And fans don't get this. Fans don't see this because you can't get it through your thick head sometimes. You are more loyal to the laundry than the player is. Players have no loyalty. Their loyalty is to them, their family, bank account. They have no loyalty to you, who's a fanatic. There's a reason why fan is the first word of fanatic. Those guys don't see it. I've been around these guys. I know these guys. When the cheering stops, who's there? Their wife, their kids. They're there. They're, at the end of the day, who those guys are playing for every night. 
they're the ones who, when dad's when dad's career is over, career ends. Most of these guys don't know how to transition to real life. And the reason being for that is they've been they've had their they've been pulled in so many directions during their playing career that they don't know how to be home. They really don't. They don't know how to be home. And it's a shame. It really is. It's a shame to these guys. It's a shame because throughout their entire sports life, what do they do? They go to college, some of them. They go for, they don't stay in college that long for some of them. They've been running around the country playing a sport for a lot of their life. Okay. They don't know what it's like to be a real human being. And that's the crying shame of it all. Is that these guys just don't know it. Yeah, you hear some of them. Some of them get it. Most of them don't. And you know what? They don't care. Because after the cheering stops, if they're good enough, they get a chance to do the autograph junket. Look at professional wrestlers. Right? Look at professional wrestlers running out doing comic cons and all this stuff because they don't know how to be normal. They need the fan interaction because that becomes normalcy to them. It becomes normal. I don't want that. I wouldn't want that to be normal. Where everybody's, you know, playing grab ass with you everywhere you go. Ah, oh, man, you were so great. Loved watching it. it. Makes you feel good if you're those guys. Ask them how their home life is. It's like a guy, it's like a cop who works a ton of overtime. You see a newspaper write a hit piece. Oh, cop, you know, cop overtime is X, Y, and Z. This guy made triple his salary in overtime. You ask him how his wife and kids are doing. But back to the devils. They have a lack of depth. They've had a lot of injuries this year. That's not John Hines' fault. It's not. I'm going to take him to because I don't like him. I don't think he's a good hockey coach. I, I, I don't see them progressing. You had a team last year that makes the playoffs just pretty damn well 
for themselves, weren't expected to do much. Did pretty freaking good, though. Tell you right now. When you look at the whole scenario that's played out with the New Jersey Devils, they have a serious problem of trying to sign free agents. You can sit there and say, well, all things considered equal, but it's really not considered equal. New York, New Jersey is an expensive place to live. There's very few places to live if you are a professional athlete. If you are, playing for the Rangers, you wind up living in Westchester County because that's where they practice. The Devils practice in Newark. The practice rink is right next door to the building. Drive an hour to get to practice. Drive home, drive an hour after practice for a game on a game night. There's traffic there. It's in a major city in New Jersey which is still a suburb of New York City. So if you have a guy, 21, 20, 25, guy's got a family. Back in the old days when they practiced out at South Mountain Arena in West Orange, guys lived out there. They play at the Meadowlands. You just got off the turnpike and you walked right and you drove right into the building. Not the case with the Prudential Center. Prudential Center is off a two-lane highway, a very tight two-lane highway. You get stuck in traffic. <laughs> You're getting stuck in traffic. It's not the greatest area. They need a major facelift. You play to a half-empty building most nights. A building that bends over backwards for Seton Hall. Devils won all their weekend games in, in the afternoon. It gave Seton Hall the night games. Why did they do that? Because more kids, because it's, they want to make it kid-friendly. That's great. Devils have tried this. Quite a lot of day games in this arena in, with this team. They've played a lot of day games this year. Day games don't help. You don't get the morning skates. You don't get the 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 post game the post morning skate nap. And let me tell you, that's a real thing in the NHL. You look at a guy, you sign Elaine Nazarene to be an assistant coach. Powerpoint was atrocious. They got rid of him. I don't even know if they got rid of him anymore. Right? You look at the Devils coaching staff. You have a guy who's the head coach 
that played college hockey at Boston University, for no other reason than he was Chris Drury's best friend. Elaine Nazareth is supposed to be this whiz on the power play. The power play is good or fall. Bet you know this, but Will Smith and Jada Pinkett Smith own the Devils. You didn't know that. Bet you didn't. I don't really promote that. They're a team of Richie Riches. They're no longer a team. What the hell do they care? Do they care about? The building's atrocious to go to. According to this damn TV screen in there that you can't watch the game on, you wind up watching the shin thing on the friggin' screen all the time. At some point, they really do need to figure this out. Because here's what's going to happen. Unless you get a deal done this offseason and re-sign him. And here's the biggest problem with the whole thing, though. Okay, here's the biggest thing with the whole problem going on there. Because the NHL CBA really doesn't allow for that. I don't know enough about it to be able to say, well, Taylor Hall, this number is going to be here. I don't know. I don't know how that CBA works. I haven't read into it enough. It's 500 and something pages long. The only thing I learned about out of that is those players don't get free tickets when they're on the road. That's stupid. It's got to be in the second highest price level in the lower bowl. These guys got to pay for tickets in the NHL. I mean, they, they can't just throw guys a ball and throw them tickets. Hey, here you go. There's two tickets. Baseball wasn't like that, but you know, they are. But that's the problem with the Devils. Hines still has a job for God only knows what reason. He works cheap. I, I was only half kidding about the works cheap part. This guy has a job because he works cheap. If that's the reason you're keeping a coach, you're not going to win many hockey games. The man needs, and the team needs, and the organization needs. And look, and they're, and they're, are they still ham, hung, hamstrung by the Ilya Kovalchuk deal? Not really. You know, it caused Vanderbeek his team. Eh, not really. Vanderbeek wanted out of that. All right. Uh, don't kid you wrong. He wanted out of that whole situation. It wasn't fun anymore for him. He bought the team when the Yankee Nets didn't want to own it anymore. Okay. The Yankee Nets bought the team. They bought it because all they were doing was they were getting ready for the start of the Yes Network and wanted programming. 
Well, they didn't realize that their TV contract with MSG was so um, Loctite. Okay. They're going to be paying Kovalchuk. His contract is on their books for a really long time at $250,000 a year. So at this point, it's not, let's not even talk about that anymore. You have an $80 million cap. And right now, you're not even close to it. You have $30 million in money to spend next summer. They had a couple buyouts. One falls off. They still have Mike Camilleri on the books for three more years on the buyout. Marcus Johan- the Marcus Johansson thing didn't work so well there. They're paying Boston half of his money. Oh, damn near half his money for him to play in Boston. This thing happened to him. His hole's hurt. And $6 million that's on the books right now. But they're paying out big money deals. Guys that really aren't worth it. So they have to get the Taylor Hall thing done. Because if they don't, it's going to be very, very tough. Taylor Hall's got to say, yeah, I want to buy in here. You're doing everything right. When he was in Edmonton, and people were saying, hey, he wants out of here. Well, one year for him. I mean, the last time we were doing shows, they were they were like, you were thinking they were going to be a house of fire. Edmonton's going to be a playoff team every year. And then their problem, the pay guys coming off of big years, Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, coming off big years. And to their credit, Dreisaitl and, and, and Connor McDavid are 100-point-a-year guys. First I had down here last year. Connor McDavid's a steal. And they and, and Edmonton knew that the Devils needed to make the four. Okay, they knew the Devils needed to make the four. So all right, here you go. We know we're gonna have to pay our guys soon. Done that. They've done that. You know, you kind of helped yourself out. You've sold a bunch of jerseys. That was a terrible at marketing. All right. They're, they're awful at marketing. They really are. I mean, you look at the, you look at a team like Edmonton. Between three guys going forward that they have until 2023, that's five seasons of four after this year. McDavid's making 12. Dreisaitl's making eight. Milan Lucic is making six. Ryan Nugent Hopkins makes six. His contract ends in 21. He's a UFA. Adam Larson's making 4.1. That guy sucks on ice. Buried money, buyouts. Whole nine yards. 
So that's their problem. Yeah, they could come around. They could come around. But really, is that going to be that? Where did the Devils go from here? They threw a ton of money at Shattenkirk. Didn't work. Did not work for them. They didn't want to play here. He was up for less money by the Rangers. There you go. There's that four-team and four-team, three-team market. Four-team, fourth market. Devil fans are loyal to a fault. They root for the laundry more than they do for the individual players. Because if you look at their situation in New Jersey, what are you really rooting for? You had Marty. He was there a long time. Screwed him at the end. Had Elias. Screwed him at the end. Danico's the only guy that walked away on his own, or they would have screwed him. Niedermeyer got the hell out of there. Can't blame him. Brought him right fuck back. John McClain's still waiting to get the number in the directors. And that pisses off the all-time Devil fans. I feel like I've had this conversation on this show before. Last segment of the day, we'll be back. Of all the dramatic things I've ever seen, Roger Clemens standing right in George Steinbrenner's box announcing he is back. Roger Clemens is a New York Yankee. And that's Yankee talk. Uh, Here's why the Yankees won't win the division. Not good enough. They still have questions at first base. Can Andujar, with a year under his belt, reproduce his season from last year? Losing Didi Gregorius is going to be huge. It is going to be huge. And the Yankee, and you have to see how the Yankees um, play the whole shortstop thing. I know they got DJ LeMahieu and all that stuff. You know, whatever. Um, and Tulowitzki. Yeah, this is a great team on you know triple play baseball. Um, but in the end, where are they going with this whole thing? And I don't know the answer. Um, so that's the question. Um, do they have the pitching after Paxton? Do they have the pitching? Good question. I don't know. We'll figure it out. They'll figure it out, and they'll be fine. That they will. They will figure it out. And um, they're still under their luxury tax, tax threshold, which the Yankees wanted to be under. They don't want to pay the luxury tax. Old man Steinbrenner rolling over in his fucking grave. 
Spyro's run over his grave over this. I mean, he he, he doesn't want to. Um, this team, and and these own and this ownership group with the kids, and, and we've talked about this before. And if you want, you go back and listen to the old shows. Um, they are very much to the ability that. They feel just happy to own the Yankees. And, and I can't, you can't fault them there. They want nothing to do with paying over Zorna because they have to pay all the other stuff. They have to pay, you know, for this new stadium, which has become an albatross on them. It's not the, the – they're not packing them in like they used to. Um, so when you finally look at the whole situation there, okay, when you look at everything being – Um, Jesus, um, they will figure out where they go from here. And the biggest question that I would have is, did they make the right decision in not pursuing Machado? I believe so. Because at some point, you're going to have to pay Judge. Severino got a hometown discount in a half. Um, they're going to have to pay Sanchez. I don't know if that's the right move to make. I don't. I, I don't know if you make that big money move. Um, I think they just need to, in the way the Angels have treated Trout in the past. Um, with with the way the Angels have, have, have treated Trout, with the way the uh, uh, the way they treated Trout, the way they do um, the Rays handled Evan Longoria, I think it's the right way to go. Uh, lock up Judge long term now. I think that's what you have to do. Okay. So, good first week of the show. Uh, Glad to be back. We'll be back here at least once a week. Uh, Probably more than that. We'll see if we can work it out. It won't be three hours long. That'll be reserved for Sundays. Uh, but we thank you for listening. Have a great weekend. Follow us on the Twitter at WBIS Radio. All your people want me to do is just laugh. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Bye, everybody. Just shut up. Close it.